and welcome to the first ever Hero Recall Overwatch podcast with Level 2 Gamers and Tukarato Power, or T-Grotto Power. Is that how you pronounce it? T-Grotto Power. T-Grotto Power. I did, it with, I did power. it with the Italian accent shit, sorry. There's nothing but wrong yeah, with that. That's how it is. And I am joined, of course, by the other half of Level 2 Gamers, which is Mr. Keegan Vi. Would you care to uh, say hi to the lovely folks at home? It's it's weird hearing you say the other half, because whenever we stream, I always say the, the other, other half. half. So, you, so you're my other half, and yeah. it's weird being on this side. But hello, everybody. How y'all doing? <laughs> I actually played Overwatch literally before we went live. I was playing Overwatch because uh, Tom's like, hey, I need some help. I was like, hold on. I got to finish the match. I want to see how the match went. It went horribly, by the way. <laughs> so, so I was doing for the podcast. I was playing Overwatch. And it the went, other voice okay. that you are hearing here is Mr. James T. Krato Power. And uh, how are you doing up there in uh, snowy Canada? It's freaking cold. Yeah. But apparently it's only going to be cold for like another week and then spring's going to start, so... Yeah, they told us that too. It hasn't changed a whole lot in St. Louis. It's basically been like snow, a little bit of sun, snow, a little bit of sun. And uh, Dude, I... we got above, got above <laughs> freezing today, and I was like, ooh, this is warm. Yeah, it like melted <laughs> some snow. Uh, yeah. I am uh, Tom from Level 2 Gamers, of course. And um, so just um, to quickly fill you in, the first ever episode. So basically, this is an Overwatch podcast where we will be discussing, obviously, Overwatch, but more importantly, um, the news surrounding the game itself. News surrounding the professional eSport of Overwatch. Uh, we're then going to talk a little bit about our own shit, too, because we do make uh, guides and we do, like, um, fun, you know, character things and stuff. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that in our own personal play. And, of course, we're going to dig, like, a deep dive into either a hero or a map or a team or something. Starting out with the heroes, because those are the most obvious picks, and we're going to kind of go through those. But... Um, so that's kind of how it's going to run down time-wise. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I haven't really thought about it too much. And uh, we're just going to um, dig in. So um, you guys feeling good? You ready? Get started? Yep. All right. So what I want to talk about first, we're going to dig into the news for the game itself. That being said, uh, there's been a lot of updates recently to Overwatch. And can anyone guess why there's been a lot of updates to Overwatch recently? What are they trying to get rid of, folks? I don't know. Mercy, no. Yeah, <laughs> Mercy. Mercy. I was trying that, to make a meme joke, and I just couldn't. Pick uh, it. It's not goats. It's three supports, three tanks, three, three, three. Yeah, they're not allowed to say goats for some stupid reason. Well, and, they're, they're allowed to say it. It just they they actually said on the broadcast one time that three three makes more sense from a strategical standpoint because it's called goats because that was the name of the team that started it. Right. So I'd yeah. say three three because three three covers a lot of things versus but goats. The community knows it as goats. Yes. I think yes. it's also more for like new people watching and stuff like that. They don't want to. You know, overwhelm people with random terms. Um, someone told me um, that they told me what a C9 was after the Shanghai game, and I was like, Jesus. They said that GOAT stood for Go All Tanks. Oh, Go all tanks and supporters, something like that. I remember what it was. It was uh, that they thought that was what it was stood for. No, guys, goats is a whole other thing. Um, but anyway, they're trying to get rid of goats, and uh, in order to do that, they need to make some changes. So Papa Jeff got on his uh, his high horse and started throwing down some nerfs and buffs to people that he thought deserved it. So let's go over the patch. Uh, so the patch itself, and this is there's two patches actually. There's one from February 26th, and they sort of updated that uh, today actually on March 6th is when we're recording this. So the first one we had the new introduction of a new character by the way of Batiste. Um, I know a lot of people are going to want to say Baptiste. Uh, that is not his name. That is not how you pronounce that apparently. Uh, we had this whole drama with Brigida by now. We should have figured it out. But <laughs> even the casters didn't know how to say Brigida's name in, in Owl. Um, so it is. there's no P. You don't pronounce the P. It's Batiste. Uh, so 
anyway, I know that you guys haven't had a chance to play him yet. I have a little bit. What do you think from what you've seen so far on Batiste? Let's go uh, Keegan first. I think uh, it's cool. So I've watched streamers play it. Um, I watched a lot of Jane because he did a stream when he first came out, who's the coach for the Dallas Fuel, and I follow him on Twitch. And one of the things I loved was he was just trying stuff just to see what works because one of the, the, the skills with – uh, Batista is the, the he has the uh, invulnerability shield is the big thing. I think that's kind of gonna it's get in the way of things. The immortality field is the official name. That's yeah. it. Immortality field. He has the regenerative burst, and mm-hmm. then he has the biotic launcher. I'm reading it now. They're all bolded on my <laughs> screen. Uh, and he has the amplification matrix mm-hmm. and the exo boosts. But no, watching him, watching Jane play, my first impressions were this guy is super OP, which I feel like is the case every time a new character comes in. There's always that like. How do they fit in? And Jane initially ran uh, him with Bastion and an Ana, Jesus. and <laughs> and they just ran that on. I was watching uh, Dorado, and they just steamrolled the team because they just kept Bastion up and just putting the the uh, what is it invulnerability shield or whatever the hell it's uh, called immortality, immortality field. Immortality field. <laughs> That, that Even though it they, is basically, basically what it does is it prevents people from dying. You can only get down to 40 HP. I mean, you think about that, that stops every alt. This is, I think this is the only uh, ability outside of a wall or a barrier that stops Diva's alt. Like, you can all be inside of the middle of Diva's alt. It can go off next to you and you're still alive. And that to me kind of is sort of broken. But I'm interested to kind of see more and more with him to kind of see how people implement him. Because initially the first week is just people fucking around and seeing what he, he can do. So I'm I'm real curious. But my my gut feeling was I'm going to play the shit out of him because I think he's cool. The way he's designed, the way he functions, the way he plays, the DPS with the combination of healing along with the mobility. But the uh, I think he's a little overpowered and I think he's going to have some tweaks here and there like every new hero gets when they first get in the game. Cool. And James, what do you think? So I purposely, whenever there's a new hero going out, or like anything new happening about the game, it sounds counterintuitive, but I purposely do not look at any streams or anything because I want to develop my own opinion. But from what I've like read and watched, I'm probably going to like him for the same reasons I like Brigida, in that I can do damage and heal. <laughs> because that's so crucial. Like, I can't... I can't always trust that my ELO, the DPS. I have to do healing and damage to get work done sometimes. So I'm probably going to like him for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm purposely avoiding like anything just so I can figure it out, out myself. But I'm excited. <laughs> I, uh, I did get a chance to play him. Um, I got on the PTR a little bit. And I can say a couple things. Um, so first of all, to your point, Keegan, about the... Immortality field. Sorry, I have to read it. Uh, <laughs> the immortality field. The, the the don't die in <clears throat> circle. So when you well, yeah, so the you were talking about the diva bomb and everything. What I can't actually, it's not that bad, and I'll explain why. So like when you have like let's say an Arissa shield or a Reinhardt shield or even a Winston bubble, right? You can drop those, and it takes like quite a bit of firepower to break that shield before the diva bomb goes off, or you have to displace the person, like displace the Reinhardt or whatever, boop him out of the way so he can't block everybody. With the uh, immortality field, one of the things that's interesting about it is that the the um, the thing that creates the feel, I guess, the the robot thing is the really the drone. yeah, the drone is really easy to get, and it doesn't have a lot of health. So it's like right above the center of everybody. So literally, if Diva's like, okay, I'm about to go in with the bomb. If like two people focus that thing, 
it's it's gone. So and then he's on cooldown for a little while before it comes back up again. So I think that yes, if it is up and no one's focusing it, then yeah, that's totally like one of the better uh, like. And here's the fact it's even an ability and not like a fucking ultimate is kind of. Cool. Here's a question for the the is the immortality field the longest cooldown timed thing? What's Mercy's res at? Because it's twenty seconds for the cooldown on the immortality. I think it's field. less. I think it's less than Mercy's res, but I honestly can't. Remember I think the res is thirty. I honestly can't remember. I don't either. Uh, but it's, yeah, because it time. felt like an ultimate. It felt like an ultimate to me to a certain point, to a certain extent, kind of like you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the, but it's not like as long as you focus it and at pro levels of play, like one or two widow shots, and it's gonna be gone. Yeah. So and, you know, in day one, people don't realize what they have to do to it too. So right, like, the, exactly. like I said, the stream I'm watching, people just kept fighting inside of it, and the then thing, eventually, like you said, just shoot it and it'll be gone. The thing that I thought might have been OP was the fact that his gun does have two primary fires, right? Or a primary or secondary. So his primary fire is. A, a, a triple burst projectile from like think like soldier's gun three round bursts very simple really it's a strong pulse rifle. yeah pulse rifle really strong <laughs> like super strong like two direct uh you know shots to this area dead um but the grenade launcher is just a, a consistent heal like the reload takes maybe half a second on that and it's just like heal 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 reload heal 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 it does there's no like there's not a couple seconds for you to reload it or anything it's a consistent thing so the the amount of healing that he can put out just by continuously firing that grenade launcher is kind of ridiculous i mean it's no more ridiculous than ana shots but i feel like ana shots like you earn those, you know what I mean? Like, you have to, like, aim and follow a Genji somewhere. It's a fucking grenade launcher. So it's just, like, spl like splash damage counts and stuff. So mm -hmm. it's kind of, we also, that is OP to me. We should point out, too, that it, he can't heal himself with that. That is true. That is true. But so he can only heal himself with the, I call, I call it the palm squeeze. What's the, I don't know the official names of any of these uh, right now. Regenerative uh, burst. Is the, yeah, yeah, like, burst. When he goes like this and he squeezes something in his hand and it heals him. So he can't, because... I, I thought I would have thought that skill would have been way more OP if he could have done that. And right. the fact that he can't do that, I think, is is a good balance. That was that definitely needed. But it, it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like with Ana though. Like Ana has to make the decision: Do I use this nade to heal myself, or do I use it to mm -hmm. anti-nade the other team? He doesn't have to worry about that so much because he can just heal, 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 heal. Regenerative burst, heal, heal, heal. And the regenerative burst cooldown is not nearly as bad as the uh, immortality field. So it's kind I think of it's eight um, or ten seconds. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. It's it's not terrible. Uh, but do his grenades question? Do his grenades damage enemies? No. No. So it's not like the honest. Mm, that's like, true. He doesn't have that's the option true. to anti people. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, let's talk about his. Let's talk about his alt amplification matrix. Uh, what are our thoughts on that? It was way smaller than I thought. It's pretty small. It was going to be like yeah. I, I thought it. I mean, I, Symmetra's thing is obviously op to the side. <laughs> like I knew it wasn't going to be that it's, big. It's a little big. Yeah. <laughs> but I expected. I, I like when I heard about it. I expected it to be like Reinhardt shield sized because that to me you can fit quite a few people behind mm -hmm. a Reinhardt shield versus like this. I feel like you can, I don't, again, I haven't played, you played, you might be able to testify to it, but I think you can only have two people side by side in it. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, depending on the angle, cause you could shoot it. Like if you're a widow, you can still shoot through well, it from like, behind. you know, 50 years but I'm, back. But I'm but saying like front line side by close side. Line, like yeah. Two, two, two maybe two three behind. overlapping. Yeah. But um, the, the healing done from it is insane. Like it amplifies damage and healing. So like again, yeah. watching Jane would just stand behind it and just he's like, everybody just go forward. Here's my immor immortality field. 
jump in that when it goes away i'm gonna heal you everybody run back to me yeah and that's all he did it was uh it was it was nuts like i remember they did some testing with it and they had um so they had they had an orissa drum or bongo they had on a nano a widow and they had like all these like amplifications on the widow and then they had her shoot through the field and she put out mm -hmm. close to two thousand damage points in one shot one critical hit like Which literally one game, shot in a normal tanks. game that would happen now eh, it would be rare but yeah. uh yeah it was Unless just funny making it happen it was just yeah. funny like i was just like how the fuck like how op does that make <laughs> uh james what, do you have any thoughts on the uh on that uh amplification matrix from the sound of it, it's going to be very good for taking uh, choke points. It sounds kind of in the same vein as Coalescence, in mm. that you can just, instead of getting people to run in front of you, or you can get them to run in front of you because of the healing, you can just get people fire through this small thing at the enemy team and kill them. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it'll be pretty good for choke points, which is good because <laughs> I hate choke points. It might Unless be... I'm playing Reinhardt. <laughs> I was like, imagine our first, first point, uh, Paris, the new map, like mm. that first choke point, I hate it because you have to funnel through that one area. You can get through and get out with minimal damage, but you all go through that one between the two buildings initially. Imagine having that there and just. I was going to say, um, what do you think it would combine well with? Bastion. Oh, Bastion. <laughs> <laughs> Widow. I think that has a high rate of damage. I was thinking about Graviton. I was thinking about Graviton. You put the Graviton Surge in there, put the application oh, in. Oh, you're talking about alt combos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even need, like, some flashy alt combo. You just put the amplification Dude, in front of the Grav, it. and everyone just, like, brrr, just, you know, wrecks through it and just yeah. kill them a lot faster. Attack Visor would be good, yeah. Know. Do we know if McCree's again. is Deadeye? Yeah, they've actually improved Deadeye as well. But, yeah, they he his everything through there is more powerful, including Deadeye, yeah. You're saying, James, sorry, go off. Uh, what I was saying is that uh, if there's enemies in, they're just going to transit. Mm. Yeah. So, will it really matter? But if the enemies in doesn't have transit, they're going to get burned even I wonder, faster. <laughs> I wonder if trance would be enough to keep people up, because the amplification is pretty pretty severe. If you have a, like a pretty strong, powerful there, it, you might burn through it. I don't know for sure. I actually can't remember how much it does by, but... At the high um, level, it might be. At the lower levels, people are really coordinated enough to put it true, <laughs> true that. Alrighty, so so that's Batiste. Uh, he, he just got a little bit of an update. They gave him like some more voice lines and skins and stuff like that on the PTR but uh, he should be coming to the the general game soon uh, i'm excited to see you know what what happens around him in the meta and see how that kind of goes i'm gonna play the crap out of him as soon as he was announced and i saw his abilities like this is a character i'm gonna want to play same kind of like with james with brig like as soon as brig came out i was like granted brig was op at the time and i still i think that she's finally got a good balance but like i have i loved had fun playing brig versus other characters you play because you have to Right. I feel like Batista is going to be a fun character to play. I think there is something and, to be said for his aim, though, too. Because you do have yes. to have aim to play him yeah. well and do damage, you're like James I, said. you saying I don't have aim? I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be, but it seems like he's going to be a bit like playing soldier, except you're not going to be firing constantly. It's going to be bursts. The other the right. other thing I really like that we didn't talk about is, I can't remember what his, what's his jump called? His, uh, oh, yeah, the uh, exo boost. Exo boost. Like, to get away yeah. from engagements. Well, like, think of the, the biggest issue with a lot of healers outside of, like, Lucio and potentially Moira is escapability. Like if Mercy, if you don't have anybody to to guardian angel to, if you're Zenyatta, you're you're screwed. Uh, if you're Honor, you're screwed. Like his exosuit to get to the high ground or just gotta get out quickly is good. And I don't think it has a cooldown from what I saw. I think it's a you just hold it and it goes up. And you it hold doesn't. It goes up. But let me explain. So uh, it has you, a charge up time. Yeah, but you have to crouch. 
to do it. Yeah. So you hold down on crouch, it goes like, and then you can jump. So it it literally (laughs) makes like a weird noise. But, um, but because you're crouching, you're super vulnerable right before you let go. And it's not like you go like forward very far. It's kind of like Ash shooting at the floor with her or uh, whatever Coach the fuck gun. that is. Thank you. Because um, you kind of go about the same travel distance. It's like this kind of up and a little bit forward, but you're not but going, gets, you're not like zipping off into the future. No, like Reinhardt but it gets you on out a charge. But it, gets you out of, but it gets you out of line of sight quickly. And it's better than something like a Zenyatta it's or something. It's definitely better than Zenyatta and Anna. Yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. But it, it definitely like... There's definitely finesse to it because you don't have to hold it the whole way. You can do a smaller jump if you hold it less long, which is interesting. We need to try. We need to tr- you to try something, or we need to try something when he goes live because you know that the we're going to talk about it later on. But the Lucio boost speed boost, yeah, does that affect his jump? Like, does he jump higher? If he's uh, speed not boost? sure. Like, bomb. Diva's bomb goes across the map now. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. Oh my sure. god, that I'm clip from sure. Blase. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was yeah. hilarious. So, All right, but so, I'm I'm curious, I'm curious about that. Like with with having a Lucio with him, whether that will help. Cause Lucio is obviously the one who tries to get everybody out of the, the engagements as quick as they can. Yeah. If, some, if shit goes down, <laughs> I would love to see Batiste jump the whole map with a Lucio. I think that would be amazing. Uh, okay. So, uh, they did some, I'm not going to go over every single update in the patch for, you know, for time's sake, but also cause it's There's not three that pages. Important. There's a lot, there's <laughs> yeah. a lot going on. Uh, they did do a little bit of, uh, changes to some armor stuff. Some beam type damage is now reduced by 20% when hitting armor, uh, and damage over time effects are no longer mitigated by armor, which is, uh, good for the ashes of the world. Uh, knockback distance is now more consistent. Heroes that are flying can now be knocked back and slowed, which means that now uh, Lucio's boops apply to uh, Diva, and apparently so does his uh, speed amp as well, as we just kind of pointed out. Um, so that was kind of cool. Alrighty, so they 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 nerfed Ana. They nerfed the nano boost from 300 down to 250. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. I think it's needed. Um, you think so? I, the reason I the reason I say that is like. 300 is for most tanks is either half or over half of their health and it's 100% of most DPS characters and I feel like the the nano boost already does damage reduction so if it's 250 to me is again most DPS you're already 250 but like tank wise that tank if you're using it to save somebody that tank should be coming back to you anyway and it should I don't think it should be another thing for engagement I think it's something that needed to just kind of prevent the tanks of the world like me from staying in a fight too long because they <laughs> fucked up <laughs> so james well it's like a thing i like that they reduce the healing on it because people would purposely go into a fight to nearly die mm-hmm. and then they the auto would fire off the nano boost and that tank would just destroy you mm-hmm. they still conceivably could do that but it's going to be a bit easier to at least man. fight it. Yeah. See, with the 300 health, yeah, that's good on its own. The damage boost is good on its own, but mash both those together, and it's yeah. just, it feels a bit cheesy. Well, it reminds me, you played during the, the Mega Mercy Res. Tom, I don't think, made it in that era, but, like, you would win a fight, and then Mercy, everybody, literally Mercy would be like, die on point, okay, Mercy swoops in, we all five come and back you up, and you couldn't kill her during it. You couldn't yeah. kill her during it. Yeah, so, like, I, I, I feel like that, the, again, the the nerf I think is is good because it's 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 gonna make it where you don't feel like you have to kill somebody twice. I I agree and disagree. I I mean I think you're you guys you are Anna. right. No, I do, well I do, but <laughs> I I don't think Nano Nano is that good. Like I, I mean I think it's oh. only really good when you combine it with something else like do a, you, a blade. You know how or... many, 
do you know how many Reinhardts I've yeah. faced where they've been dead and then they come back and just swing twice and your entire team's dead from it? Though? Dude, I put on Narisa earlier. I was playing earlier and I put on Narisa and it saved her ass and we ended up winning the game because of it. Like, she was going to die. I stand corrected. I stand, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have <laughs> we'll that. We'll fight you. Me and James don't, very, don't agree on much, but we agree if on We're this. on the same side. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Doomfist. His rising uppercut and seismic slams have had their cooldowns reduced from seven to six seconds. I like it. You like Doomfist, right? You play a bit of yeah. Doomfist. Yes. Tell, tell me how I stopped you, playing him. I stopped playing him as much because I felt like there's that weird. So Doomfist is all about getting your cooldowns done, right? So you go in, engage, attack, get out. And I feel like when they when they did the last the last uh, nerf to him, they kind of made it where you go in, engage. You have to wait a second because you might your cooldown was like that second too long, and that he's super vulnerable. If anything happens that second, like he he dies very quickly. Um, so I like it because you 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 use an ability ninety nine percent of the time to get out of a fight. So if I if I go come in and say I go in with the seismic slam, I then punch somebody against the wall. I can then uppercut to get back to the high ground, or now I can uppercut to get back to the high ground, ha- have seismic slam theoretically back to then fly out of the engagement. So I can use three three uh, abilities or skills getting into it, and then the one to get out. Right. So I like assuming I've not done it yet, but I'm hoping that's how it feels is it's more like a a fighter mentality again versus, oh, shit, I got to go in and get right back out. Like, I have to try and get that one pick, get right back out. James? See, I think it's actually good. And normally I just whenever Doomfist would get buffed, I'd just be like, why? (laughs) But after they nerfed him last time, like before they nerfed, you see Doomfist just destroying your entire team. And now, like, you look at Doomfist and you're like, big deal. So it's good to have a character like balance where it's like you kind of have to be afraid of them, but not like, oh, shit, they're going to do this cheese and we're going to die. I actually fully agree with that point. Yeah. So I'm kind of in exactly the same boat. I remember when he was buffed beyond like a normal, reasonable amount. That's when I learned to play him. It was pretty bad. (laughs) And then they nerfed him and I almost felt bad for the guy or for Doomfist mains anyway. And I was like, you know what? Now he's just like, does, you know, doesn't do a whole lot. So I think you're right. I think this is like the nice balance where the good Doomfists will still be able to do their thing, but the bad Doomfists are still going to have to practice more. I think it's where you need it to be. I'm glad they didn't touch his alt because I think his mm-hmm. alt's in a good place too. Because he they they damage or they did a mitigation on the circle where he doesn't do as much damage and alert. There's more fall off mm-hmm. as you go outside the main circle area, and I like the fact that they did not touch that because I think that's in a good spot where if you hit if you hit your point of impact, you're going to get them. Uh, if you don't, you don't. And you're going to you got to get out. So I think this is going to do fist way more viable, assuming goats is officially dead. Yeah, you can't do fist into goats. All right. So I'm going to go over the next few. I'm just going to like call them out. Uh, and then we're going to stop at the end to discuss. Okay. When, as I was say, when we get through, the only one I really want to talk about is Wrecking Ball because I think it's the biggest one. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah, I think you're right on that. All right. So just quick then. So uh, Hanzo's Sonic Arrow, the detection radius has been increased from seven to nine meters. Uh, yeah. Lucio's Sonic Amplifier, the sound wave now counts towards offensive assists. Yay. Uh, McCree, Fan the Hammer, damage reduced from 55 to 50. Uh, and the Deadeye, damage per second increased from 275 to 550 after locking onto targets for 2.5 seconds. Uh, so here's a question. Hold on. Here's a question about lock-on. Is lock on when the skull shows up? So is yeah. it two point five seconds after the skull, or is it two point five seconds yeah. after you? If you hold, hold the skull on them for two point five seconds, you're getting five fifty out of that okay. bullet. Yeah. Uh, cool. May endothermic blaster primary fire damage increased from two point two five to two point seven five. Ice wall health reduced 
from 500 to 400. Uh, Moira, Biotic Grasp, heal over time duration increased from 3 to 4 seconds. Total healing increased from 50 to 65. Orissa's Fusion Driver, movement speed penalty while firing reduced from 50% to 30%. Uh, Pharah Rocket Launcher, minimum explosion damage increased from 16.25 to 20. Soldier 76, Pulse Rifle damage increased from 19 to 20. Uh, the Sprint delay before you can fire after the weapon, uh, oh, fire the weapon after Sprint, sorry, is reduced from 0.5 to 0.3 seconds. Seconds, and Tactical Visor can now target Riptire and Immortality Ooh, Field. I didn't know that. Um, mm -hmm. Those are important. Sombra Hack. Cooldown is reduced by half when hacking a health pack. And Torbjorn, base health increased from uh, by 50 armor, 250 maximum health. That makes James very sad. Uh, overload, armor gain reduced from 150 to 100. That makes James very happy. Uh, <laughs> Widowmaker, Infrasight, now reveals enemy health bars. And it is cancelled on death. And lastly, as you some, uh, pointed out earlier, Wrecking Ball's adaptive shield no longer cancels roll mode. This is huge. Like, so let's talk about Wrecking Ball Wrecking here. Ball. Yeah, because I know you're uh, a big Hammond fan, so go ahead. Dude, I love I love the hamster. That's a weird sentence to say, but you know. <laughs> um, no, so so the way you the way you do an engagement as Wrecking Ball is a lot of times you'll swing in, you'll pile drive, you'll shoot, or you'll swing in, you'll pile drive, you'll roll back, hit, in our, my case on PS4, hit R1, get your shield up, shoot, and then roll out. The fact that you can put, if you go in, you do your damage, and then you roll out and hit R1 as you're rolling out. You have those shields up. Two things happen. One, uh, no character gets ult charged from Hammond's adaptive shield. So it's going to be awesome if you're in the middle of fire to pull it off right then. And then you literally, you're literally getting ult charged, but none of them are for shooting you. And two, survivability. Like You can stay in engagements a little bit longer, um, assuming there's no CC and all that kind of stuff, because he gets CC to death when he drops in. But I think like this is a fundamental change to how he's going to be played with how he initiates engagements. And I feel like he's going to stay in fights just a little bit longer, potentially finish off kills. Um, for me personally, I feel like a lot of time I'll get out of there with maybe like three, two or three shots uh, left to be able to kill a target if I haven't killed him already. And it's just like, I want to shoot him, but I know I got to get out because I'm going to die because I'm going to be shot on the way out. So right. the fact that I can either engage that mobility or that shield while I'm rolling out or engage it while I'm in the engagement itself and they don't get alt charge, and I do. So it, it's a huge, it's, I'm excited to try this one. I, I think Hammond's not been in a great place for a while, honestly. I feel like he's too, uh, me, and, me and you were talking about this the other day, James. He's kind of too super hyper specific for a lot of maps it's like there's certain maps you go oh yeah uh this, this would be okay for hammond but most of the time you're like that wasn't a great choice but i think and now if you're actually kind of like doomfist like if you're good with him you're going to be really good with him now like what is it um is it a meng what's the dude from uh, shendu hunters i don't know but who just lives and Yiddle, breathes Yiddle is the number one streamer that is that is insane right. on him and he's so much fun to watch so uh from the chengdu hunters i think it's a meng is their main tank who just Hammond. like refuses to play anyone else except for hammond regardless of meta he's like no i want to play the roly hammond boy so you're saying so, i should watch yeah. him in the command center on overwatch league yes you would enjoy him very much <laughs> he's really good too really good uh it almost like stands against like regular go comp yeah it's almost like this his job or something right it's like he gets paid <laughs> to do it um but yeah what do you think about hammond's changes james see i'm in the same boat as you tom where it's like you'd see him and you're like okay great we're gonna lose <laughs> on your team you'd see the hammond like what's he gonna do unless it was like nepal shrine where he can spin around the thing or if it's at the like you're trying to stall a point and he's spinning around that was pretty much at 
would have been kilos, biggest all he could yeah. do all pretty much all he could do was just stall out points and that's all people would use him for but now he actually might be viable as an off tank sometimes <laughs> not a shield tank Sometimes yeah, I still don't think he should be considered tank, a main tank. A lot of people consider him a main tank. I think that's that. No. He's in a weird kind of like a hybrid, half main tank, half off tank place. He can't protect. But regardless, other he's going to be useful. You know what I mean? Like that's one thing I feel about a main tank is like you should be able to protect other people with an ability, and I don't think Hammond has that. Uh, he can protect himself now, even better now, but like. His shields don't do anything for anyone else aside from himself. So I think that puts him in off-tank territory, to me, anyway. Um, but yeah. imagine, just, just imagine him in a DPS-heavy comp where he doesn't need to protect people as much. That's true. That's he true. could be more useful in one of those now. Yeah, <laughs> just bang people up and let a Widow He's headshot a, him. I was going to say, dis yeah, Disruptor. He goes yeah. in and just fucks shit up. I love rolling in. Like One of my favorite points to run him on is the... I can never remember. I want to say it's... Is it not Gardens? It's the one with the big room. Control center. No, it's not. It's the one with the the big room outside in the in the market. Is a market? Market. Night market. No, gardens yeah, night is market. the one you're thinking of with the big room outside. Yeah, yeah. Is it? No, okay. no, the, it's not. With the thing in it's the middle that you swing around. No, not the thing. Not the thing. No, right. the other one. So I, what I do a lot of times, it all come out on the backside because everybody goes through. Ninety nine percent of the time, when I fight somebody, they come through that backside on the initial like go point i'll come through get my grapple hook ready to go and just swing through and just knock them off and you get i've gotten like three or four kills like environmental kills at a time from doing that and it's a great hammond point you just swing through there and then what's really cool is his pile drive so if you get booped off like lucio you can grab the side swing up and you pile drive and land back on the ground so yeah. it's, it's like that that's one of my favorite maps and i like you guys said i feel he's very map specific there's maps i'll probably never play hammond on unless i'm just kind of messing around with them um one that comes to mind would be like, uh, I guess I do. I do play him a little bit on Anubis, but even then, like it's only first point, second point, not as much because there's not you have stuff to grapple to, but getting away is a bit tricky there. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping viability wise, this makes him last a little bit longer. Anything else that stood out as far as uh, the other guys that we mentioned there? Uh, Sombra. Okay, yeah. let's talk Torbjorn about Sombra thing. first, Keegan, and then Torbjorn after. Go ahead. I hated playing Sombra, having to wait there till my. Uh, thing was back to be able to hack somebody else like it, it it's a quality of life thing more than anything else like i feel like hacking a health pack should not be affected the same as hacking a human or hacking a player That's because right. the health pack a lot of times i'm 99 percent of the time it's in a safe area that i translocated back to uh versus when i'm hacking a human i'm in a more dangerous area and i'm more i have more reward for that risk versus a health pack is less risky there should be i shouldn't have to wait to then go back in to engage with the team. What would be the cooldown on hacking the planet? Uh, Captain Planet. <laughs> okay. And Torbjorn. Let's talk about Torbjorn. I want to talk about the Sombra thing. Oh, first. sure. Go ahead. Um, I have an opinion on it. As I think it's really good because previously, because of the cooldown being the same for hacking a person or a health pack, previously, if you were in a fight, you'd only hack the health pack before the fight, and then there'd be no point other than that. Now, there might actually be a point. You might actually do some damage on someone, hack the health pack, and kind of wait there for them to go for it, and hack them again. You actually have incentive to hack health packs during the fight to help your team or to hinder the enemy team now. So it gives Sombra just a little bit more utility. It's not like a huge change, but it's quality of life. A little bit of extra viability. Yeah. yeah, not that she's not viable. I mean, she's pretty, pretty entrenched in the meta right now, actually, which I, I think is an interesting side point. But we'll get into that later. Uh, and then Torbjorn, then what's uh, what's your thoughts on on Torbjorn? 
my thought about the Torbjorn thing is that the extra armor, yeah, that's kind of annoying, but he's going to be able to not use that get out of GL free card overload as powerfully anymore. And yeah. that was the big, my big problem for Torbjorn is he'd get him solo and then he'd just pop overload and run away. Yeah. And he'd survive and he could do that as many times as he wanted almost. Like, like a tiny little demon him. gnome that he is. Torbjorn's going to be upset about that one. <laughs> but uh, as long as you get that base armor down, He's not going to be able to do that as effectively anymore. Like it's, he's still going to be able to do it. Just if you focus him more, it's going to be easier to take him down. What did you guys think about the Widowmaker one that reveals enemy health bars and canceled on death? Did it already good balance? Didn't it already no revealed locations, not health bars Mm. before? Yeah. So now you can see who's low, kind of like Sombra's passive. Um, You can see who's low. I think that's. I think it makes it more powerful. For sure. I also, um, I also so like the good. cancel on death because it makes it so Widow can't do something stupid. I wish Junkrat's tire would cancel on death. I understand it doesn't, but it would be better if it did. Because then you'd yeah. have to hide better instead of just like doing it around the corner the or whatever. Yeah. I actually think that would be a bit too much of a nerf to him. You think so? Personally, yeah. I don't think there can be enough, frankly. <laughs> he literally can do nothing. Well, to save himself. Dude, the Junkrat, the let's, junkrat let's move damage into this, that, yeah. that they've got going on now. Whoo, buddy! Alrighty, so, uh, speaking of which, let's leave that patch and let's go to the next one. Uh, this is just a, a quick one, um, so we won't take up too much more time in this area, but um, they did actually mess with uh, Batiste, Junkrat, Zarya, and Lucio, uh, and Doomfist, for that matter. Um, so, with Batiste, this biotic launcher, this is just fresh today, can now be stopped from automatically reloading by switching the automatic reload option to off. This option um, defaults to on, which is a weird sort of thing. I'm not even sure why that was a problem. Uh, Immortality Field made significant changes to its visual appearance and sounds, which I think have was guys, worth it. Have you guys seen it yet? Mm-hmm. See what it looks like? I've been avoiding everything about it, remember? <laughs> it, 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 looks, it looks like, picture like going to a concert and just having one of those things in the middle of the, the arena, just light beam shooting out of it. It's, yeah. like, it's like in a dance club now. You yeah. can't miss it. Is it, I don't is like that you can't. See, you can't see, <laughs> kind of, but you can't see the edge. You can't see the edge as well. I don't think so. I think it's gonna be harder for people that are outside on your team to know where to be to get into it versus before is literally a cylinder. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious to kind of see how that how that is gonna change how how much people can survive just knowing where the order is. So uh, for Junkrat, um, Frag Launcher impact damage changed from sixty to fifty. Uh, and the rip tire cost increased by 10%. Uh, since the recent increase to Frag Launcher's damage output, Junkrat has been building his ultimate too quickly. We're increasing the cost of his ultimate to balance this change with his increased damage dealing capabilities. So they're bringing him back a little bit, because he was super OP there for a minute, he still kind of is, um, but they are reining it in a little bit, which I thought was an interesting sort of change to it. I always thought rip tire was way too fast to to build to any like half decent junk rat. If you watch uh, Overwatch League or whatever, like those guys would build their tire in less than thirty seconds in some some games. It was ridiculous. Um, so there's that. I, I had a game last night where I built three tires in one fight, Jesus and that was Christ. before this. Uh, Zarya. Sounds like me playing break. <laughs> yeah. 
Zarya, uh, particle cannon. Alternative fires explosion radius changed to two meters regardless of energy levels. Because um, that used to be, like, it would go from one to two meters depending on her energy levels. Now it's two meters regardless, which I think is a, a small but relevant fix. Uh, and then the Doomfist ones, uh, these are actually uh, bug fixes. So more so than nuffs or... <laughs> nuffs or burfs. Buffs <laughs> or nerfs. Um, Doomfist fixed a bug that caused Doomfist to not lose his upward jumping movement when using Rocket Punch while in the air, and fixed a bug that caused Doomfist to not move while using Rocket Punch if he was recently knocked back, uh, which is whatever. Here's the here's the special important one, guys. Uh, Lucio fixed a bug where Lucio's wall jump speed was lower than expected. Yes. They so was, that was boy. a bug? They mm -hmm. nerfed him too hard, man. They took all the fun out of him. He was slow as shit. Uh, so yeah, they they rolled that back a little bit and made him. Uh, can we can we also talk back. about the bug fix for the uh, immortality shield under the payload? Because I saw a couple people that just oh, tossed yeah. it under yeah, the yeah. payload. So yeah, I was like, that's got to be broken. You can stick the immortality field under a payload, and then no one could shoot it. Uh, yep. They did fix that as well. That's a, that's yeah. a valid point. Thank you for that. All right. So that's also your this, patch. I'd like to point out this is a funny one. Fixed a bug where Batiste immortality field prevented death in out of bounds areas. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that actually. There was a video. I want to uh, see that. So there was. I, wanna, I need to go back and see that. That's there was hilarious. someone playing uh, like No Limits, where it was on a zero cooldown, and they went outside the Hanamura map and just like survived because they just went from Im immortality field to immortality field, and they were just wandering around in the wilderness. It was fucking insane. Um, but yeah, I could see that being a problem. Kind of like when they had to change a bunch of Symmetra's teleport locations. It was always like Symmetra teleport bug fix, where you could uh, teleport to an unintended location. Every single patch update had at least one of those <laughs> on it. Uh, so that's your that's your sort of updates. Uh, I was going to go into the secret door thing. I'm not going to bother. There, there's supposedly a secret door in Paris. There you go. Um, but the, the patches, I think, are the most relevant thing to talk about uh, this week since there has been quite a few and as we sort of mentioned before a lot of them seem to be sort of focused on not necessarily killing goats but at least giving people viable alternatives to goats which i think is kind of what they're trying to do um so hopefully we'll we'll get to see how that actually works in uh, overwatch league um Speaking of Overwatch League, now it's time for some Overwatch League news. So uh, with Overwatch League, what I wanted to talk about, a couple things. Um, first of all, let's talk about Defran. Uh, so I can't stand the dude. People have a lot of opinions on Defran. <laughs> I think both of yours the are the same. Uh, but so Defran recently, uh, he was on a match. It was in Hollywood. And he did this street like reddit level streamer sensibility move where the dude jumped over a rooftop in hollywood and dropped a grab on an entire team um yes he did not get a whole lot of value out of it i mean it, they won the fight but it wasn't like there wasn't a lot going on with it really it wasn't like oh my god mind-blowing no one's ever done that people have done it but the, the important part that i want to point out here was that no one had ever really done that type of shit in overwatch league um and I know there's like reasons why they they put bans on people like doing certain things on roofs and stuff, and they actually lifted a few of those. But Defran is a guy who comes from a streamer background. He comes from this background of having to entertain people. He's wildly successful as a DPS player. Like his his fucking 
uh, tracking is is insane. And he is not afraid to do crazy shit in the middle of Overwatch League. The guy rolled out Torb on the first match he ever played on the stage. Uh, and it was a last second change that was made in the fucking waiting room before they went out. They were like, you should go Torb. And he was like, let's go, dude. And then they just ran out with Torb. So, uh, and he fucking wrecked as well. So what do we think about, A, um, that particular move by Defran on the Hollywood rooftop, but also the fact that, and this is weird, so Blizzard stopped Action Esports, which is like another esport thing, from, from uh, showing that as a highlight. But Blizzard never used it as a highlight on the official ALV. ESPN used it as a highlight, but Blizzard did not use it as a highlight on ALV. Why? Why do you think? And also, did you like it? Let's go Keegan first. Uh, I remember watching it live because I, I was I was watching the stream was going on. First of all, can I say that I was super happy that Doe and Monte Cristo were the casters for that because they are my favorite casting duo. Oh, I um, hate them. They uh, they're they're back and forth from like League of Legends and they're hype. They're Shoutmaster stuff. Like I get that Doe gets me hyped every time. Uh, but anyways, it, it, like you said, I feel like from a value standpoint, he didn't get a lot out of it. I think it was definitely more showmanship. But I also at the same time, these are the these are the best players in the world. Like I. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it from a from a competitive standpoint. Obviously, his team was all on board because they had other they had Lucio up there with him, so they knew it was going to happen. So they were all on board with it. But like, is that the optimal use for your ability at that time? I could see something like this potentially being like the All Star Game or stuff like that, where people don't take it as seriously. Um, but it was cool to watch. Don't get me wrong. Like I was like, oh shit, did he just do that? Oh yes, he did. Because um, it takes a lot of skill to do that double Zarya. Uh, grenade to get over and then grab and then he he didn't die when he landed so and he nailed was, the grab it, too he did yeah it was it, it was yeah. it was it was cool to watch um again from like a gameplay perspective i'm like it didn't really do much it did let them push the cart through that first point a little bit easier i guess once the gates open but i don't know i i, I enjoyed watching it but i from again from gameplay standpoint i'm i didn't really do much for the match it was it was like a 360 dunk in a basketball game it's it all counts as two points <laughs> well put james so my thoughts are somewhat similar, but I have a bit more to add to it. Firstly, I'd like to point out that graph was nuts. It was really cool. Didn't get much done. But here we go. How much time did it take them to set that up? Half their team, like I watched the clip, half their team was still standing in the choke. They could have easily gotten picked during that, and then it would have been meaningless anyway. They all had to go up that lift. That takes time. It wasn't even something where it's like, we have to, we have to get the cart like one meter and we win. It wasn't even that situation. It was on their first push. They, the other team hadn't even done their attack yet. It just seems like you could have done the same thing with just a normal grav. Like, why go through all that trouble? Like, it was so high risk, high reward. And it really, they got like one kill off the grav, which in this thing, in this meta is huge. But when you get a grav, you want it to be like a team kill. You want it to be a sure fire thing. Like I just think it wasn't that. It was showy. It was really cool to watch didn't really do much, so you much. Guys are kind i feel of like it was boat. i feel like it was more of a time investment than it needed to be you could have just gone up to them and slapped it on the ground and done the same thing basically but do you think so to counter it a little bit then to, to play devil's advocate because honestly i i don't have a horse in the race of defran i think he's a good player but i don't give a shit about uh atlanta rain no offense to atlanta rain fans i just they're not my team um but like so to me, this echoes a lot of basketball stuff, right? It echoes like how basketball was all about mechanics, team play, passing. That was the original like NBA. And then you have guys that come into the fold like Larry Bird and or, you know, uh, 
MJ, just those those kind of players that are so good, they can kind of feel like they can fuck around a little bit, right? Vince Carter is the dunk master. Right. Like he took dunking to a whole nother level in the NBA. Right. And you have like just these uh, these players that stand out. Not necessarily like they're still team players. Like let's not DeFran is not not a team player. He plays with the team great, and no one thought he was going to. But do you think that there's a certain level of showmanship that is just worth the fact that the only thing you get out of it is the fact it's fun to watch? It's a competition. True. That's what I'm gonna say. It's a competition. At the end of the day, these people are fighting for Overwatch League glory, they're not fighting for who looks the best. It's not a fashion show. Personal opinion. People are going to hate me in the comments for that, <laughs> I'm sure. But personal opinion, it's a competition. Do you see NYXL trying crazy stuff like that? No, they're sticking to their plans. They're adapting where they need to. It's not always super showy, but it's always super you, tight. You do what it takes to win, and if you want to do what it takes to entertain, you entertain people on the live stream. That's what you think? I, yeah. yeah. I, the entertainment for Overwatch League... The entertainment for Overwatch League is watching the best players in the world play the game and see the crazy headshots. Like to me, I get more excited when Carpe fucking pops like four heads in a row than anything else because that is nuts. Because nobody, there's no, there's very few people in the world that could do that at that consistently, level. yeah, consistently. And it's just like, okay, that's cool. Versus like this to, to this to me felt like a meme moment. Um, and I, I, I also want to point out like because I didn't really answer the second question of what I think about Blizzard not having them letting them show it is. I feel like Blizzard, if you guys have noticed this year, have you guys noticed on introductions they don't do the crazy intros anymore? Yeah. I wonder if Blizzard had a say in that because it, it's. I feel like it's turning into more professional. Professional. Yeah. In the sense of like, you can't have as much See, fun. Like, that's why I love basketball and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, let's let, let LeBron James do the baby powder because that's LeBron James. Here's the thing about that. I did say, yeah, it's a competition. It still needs to be a bit fun. They need to balance that, I find. Uh, competition starts like, when the game starts. The, yes, anything beforehand, exactly. you should have a lot of fun. Which is why I, uh, it's a point we're going to get to later, but the players kind of being showy after they get kills. I'm actually kind of okay with that, depending. There's a bunch of stuff. We'll get to it later. But um, it's weird. They still have a bit of fun. Like when Philadelphia Fusion walked out for the first match, Gritty walked in ahead of them, and that was pretty cool. So they're still doing some of those things. But, uh, but Dallas Fuel hasn't has, done anything this year. Well, and they were the ones last year known for it. Yeah, but Dallas Fuels is a very different team now. That's I wonder, true. I wonder if Jane had a say in that. I wonder if Jane was like, you guys need to cut the shit and just start playing better, like where that kind of came from. Because they did well, do a little might, bit of a flipping attitude. It also might be personalities. Like, like James said, that roster is basically a whole new roster. Yeah, you don't have Taimu. You don't have Seagull, which I'm sure Taimu – I know Taimu is a big jokester. So. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I did want to add there, just to back up DeFran a little bit, like I said, no horse in this race, but I want to back him up a little bit. He currently, at the time of, uh, th that I wrote these notes anyway, uh, has the, the most final blows per 10 minutes in the entire league, uh, at 8.5 final blows per 10 minutes. Um, he does, uh... 10,857 damage per
per 10 minutes, uh, which is rank nine in the league. But his actual like final blows is number one in the, in the league currently. So he only does he only does 35.29 healing though, man. Yeah, he doesn't I play mean. a whole lot of healers, but um, <laughs> but it's it's kind of interesting to me. Like you know, we talk about how that was like a showy thing, but it's not like he does that shit all the time. Like he broke that when I was kind of like a fun thing to do. But like when he's just playing to play, the dude has the most final blows in the entire league, and you can't. You can't be mad at that. Like, he is a phenomenal player. And I think that a lot of where Atlanta Reigns fans come from, as a fa- like, the, and let's be honest, like, most Atlanta Reigns fans are just fucking DeFran fans. Like, and maybe Dogman too, because they're both, you know, from that stream or I culture. Mean, that's how I chose the Fusion. To follow the Fusion was based on the roster. Right. Because like, there's no team in St. Louis. There's kind of this interesting. Uh, cross of streamer culture and Overwatch culture now, where it almost seems like it's like pe- they're actually looking at streamers more seriously because it felt like for a while there they weren't really necessarily looking at these top streamers and being like, oh, we should get them on an Overwatch team. They kind of just assumed they were going to be ladder players uh, and they would pick people that were like actually playing competitively in contenders and trials and things like that. But I feel like now, especially since DeFran and Dogman, um, like they're just kind and of like Jeff- looking Jeffrey's at Jeffrey's doing uh, contenders. Yeah, and um, and you know, they. I think a lot of it as well as a concern because Defran had a bit of drama around him when he started XQC. He's been there and mm-hmm. back and there and back, and you know, he's all over the damn place. But I think it's kind of interesting that they have this um, this more openness now. And I guess it was with the expanded rosters; they just needed to fill them. But uh, it's kind of interesting that they started picking these guys up. Speaking of, uh, you know, let's say showmanship. The other thing I wanted to talk about as far as the professional level Overwatch is, um, I want to say trash talking. So <laughs> let's go with let's go with that. So recently there was a spat. I say spat uh, between Jane and Carpe, uh, where Jane basically said that after watching London and uh, Philly in the first match that they had trash goats, and then Carpe came back with "You're going to get beaten by trash goats," and. They did not get beaten by trash goats. Trust me, guys. We're all really sad about that here. We're all Philly fans. But um, but you know what? We kind of like we kind of deserve that for talking shit when our roster was all over the place. And it just you know it is what it is. And then there's some more serious stuff that kind of went on. So I wanted to point this out a little bit. So we had uh, Dogman. Uh, so w- a person in the crowd at one of the events at the Burbank said, Dogman just pulled his mic away from his mouth and yelled, Cruz is a feeder to the crowd. This is the kind of banter and trash talk we need, boys. Hashtag L2019. Uh, and then Neptuno jumped in a little later and said, when I handshaked, we're word neptuno when i handshaked dogman after winning atlanta he told me you got farmed which i didn't reply anything now he is calling cruz a feeder this guy has balls and then uh, actually dogman replied to that it's all in fun my friend i respect the tweet and it has like the uh the smiley face with a sweat tear coming down and like a fist bump and neptuno says i respect your balls uh and then cruz says people caring about dogs trash talk please don't it's fine. Just concentrating on fixing our issues at the moment and focusing on making playoffs. Not got time to care about pointless shit. Uh, he then went on to say, I can't believe I have to clarify this. I think trash talking is fine. Laugh my ass off. And what Dogman did is 100% fine. It makes the games more spicy. Always better to do it before the game, though. Everyone can trash talk when you've already won slash winning. It's okay, friend. We both meet up at the playoffs. Okay. Uh, 
and finally, Dogman put a hat on the whole thing by saying, I will say on the matter of trash talking, I only do it in sport. I think more people should do it and by all means trash talk me when I get wrecked. It's all so much fun to be honest. Owl is like a dream come true. So what are our thoughts on that? Uh, let's go James first this time. Okay, so I actually have an interesting viewpoint on it. Firstly, I think it's kind of douchey. I'm not going to lie. It is kind of douchey to trash talk. But that being said, if you're not insulting the person, like being racist or homophobic or doing whatever, it's psychological warfare, which is fair game. If someone actually has their game affected by that, by psychological warfare, then they should really get that sorted. That's on them. So it's this kind of balance thing where I think if you feel like the need to do it, I think you kind of need to realign your priorities a bit. But also, I mean, even I, when I'm playing Overwatch, I spam voice lines when I get a big play. Like, everyone does it. It's a thing. It's a thing in the culture. And if you can't deal with it as long... If you can't deal with it when it's not, like someone actually insulting you, like, say, racist stuff or homophobic stuff or what have you, like, what's your thing? If it's racist or homophobic, yeah, absolutely, it shouldn't be happening. But if it's like this, big deal. Like, if you can't deal with that, you shouldn't be in Overwatch League, probably. All righty. Uh, Keegan? I'm, I'm very similar to James on this sense. I played sports growing up. I One of my favorite players in the NBA, and I'm sure Tom's familiar with him, is Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett is known for epic trash talk. Kind of like James, though. Minnesota Timberwolves, is that right? And Boston Celtics. Yay! He won a championship in Boston Celtics. I knew some. Um, But as long as, as, like James said, as long as you're not being offensive about it and it's, like, game-based, I have no issue with that because it's it's part of the game. Like James said, if you get in somebody's head, you're doing your job. Like, that's why why I used to trash talk on the basketball court or I trash talk, like, playing soccer is you're getting in that person's head. Like, it's just what you do. And I have no issue with it as long as it doesn't cross those certain lines that I – and I think they do. Overwatch League will step in and say, hey, don't do this. Um, XQC last year. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think the I think the, the the only concern I have with this is the fact that he did it to the crowd. Because um, usually Josh talks between the players. And the fact that he yelled it to the crowd I think is – is kind of disrespectful. Again, it's kind of if you do it on Twitter, though, is that they're still shouting shout, shout to the crowd. Um, but if you say it to each other, if you do it in game, whatever, like, fine. I just, I personally I have the issue of trying to get that mob mentality on him of like, then he feels like shit. Cause that, cause, uh, what was it, Cruz? Feels like shit already because he's not playing well. Or he, right. I assume he's not playing well because he got, he's told he's a feeder. So things like that. So I don't have an issue with it per se, as long as it doesn't cross those certain lines. I think it's actually a lot of fun. I think it will get people hyped up. One of my favorite NBA, again, basketball moments, Spike Lee, Reggie Miller. Best interaction ever was during the, the that series where Spike Lee would make fun of Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller came back, hit a bunch of big shots, and then went up and gave Spike Lee the choke. <laughs> that gift. So that I love I, I love that because it was like that's, that's them going back and forth and – He's like, and they both took it great. They both understood what it what it was, and it's not anything personal. It's just like, hey, my watch you're you're giving me shit. Watch this. I'm gonna one up you, and I think that's what sports is is trying to one up the next person. So, um, th- a couple things to br- bring to mind here. One is that on a basketball field, pitch, court, court. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Spot the English guy. Uh, So on a basketball court, uh, you're next to the person, right? So you can trash talk directly to their face, which Mm -hmm. I think is different in this case because, like you pointed out, I mean, I know they can't. 
they can't they can't hear each other. So like, and they're across they the, the stage, their, right? Yeah. They have the, I mean, maybe if they left the text on. chat up, which I think would be hilarious, actually, you know. But um, but it, you know, they can't physically do that. So to an extent, I can see that. Yeah, like. I mean, at least he did say it to his face after the game. It wasn't like he was hiding it. He's saying you were being... If anything, it's kind of like a constructive criticism, right? But yelling at the crowd, I think, is a little... Meh. I mean, it's kind of cool to get him pumped up a little bit, but you don't have to necessarily, like, shit-talk someone else. I have weird feelings about it. I don't like trash-talking in any game. So uh, that's a personal thing. It's an English thing, I think. Um, so we just... Uh, I don't know. We're a bit less brash, I think, when it comes to our sports. So it's, um, you know, I... I bit less brash. You I don't know. like riots when you guys lose in soccer or football. <laughs> Fighting somebody is different to trash-talking them, guys. Yeah, you okay. punch them, it's fine. Tom's <laughs> root, they should just duke it out at the end of the game. That's real words, you know. With I, I, I really like the, the Jane the Jane Carpe situation, I think, is a perfect example of trash talk done right, where Jane was like, at the trash end, goes, Carpe's like, watch it. And then if Carpe, I guarantee if they had won, Carpe would have said something. They yeah. didn't. Jane actually didn't say anything until somebody brought it up again. They brought him brought on stage. On, they brought yeah. Jane on well, that's stage. What I'm that's what I'm saying. Um, he wasn't. But he did apologize. He not, well, he didn't really apologize. I should take that back. Jane doesn't apologize. What no. he did was he basically said, Carpe, I think you're an amazing player with an amazing future. And he kind of gave him all these compliments. Um, and he was like, I look forward to our next our next thing. And like that mm -hmm. to me is like, okay. That's like the perfect end. And I would have been mad yeah. at, at Jane if he didn't do that. I'll be honest. Because I, I like yeah. Jane a lot. Um, I would have been mad if he didn't do that. But I think he handled it like a gentleman. And um, it did make it spicier. Like, I felt stake in that match. And as a Philly fan, that kind of sucked. You know? Um, I definitely was paying more attention to it than I perhaps would have done. So that's, um, that's, that's interesting. Now, here's a case of where I wonder whether it went too far. So uh, Nico uh, teabagged or tactical crouched aim god his uh, ex Boston dude uh, and even hits him with a Boston spray afterwards and then proceeded to kick the spray with his big Zenyatta claw foot uh, afterwards. So is that too far or is that still in the realms of like good so, humor? The question I have there is did he do it because the because of the player or did you do it because of the team uh i don't know i don't know what did because of the team because yeah. boston boston has some issues right now i think internally from a management standpoint not necessarily player standpoint but for the management like look at what happened with fusions uh look at kind of how the turnovers happened there with a few players um i mean let's not forget about the dream casper situation in season one that was good that old was not, dream casper. that was his fault that was Dreamcaster's fault not necessarily management's fault but the management, I don't think, ever really said anything about it, as far as I remember. Outside, I was like, oops. Just kind of politely um, kicked him to the curb. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Kind of like shoved him aside like that. It didn't happen. So I, I, if it's if it's directed at his old team, I think it's a different thing than if it's directed at Aim God. I don't know the context behind it. I saw the clip of him doing it. I don't know what the context of it is outside of him just killing him. If there's something else, like they'd been going back and forth a little well, bit. They fine. have been doing it. Well, Nico had been doing it consistently for the whole match. <laughs> but uh, there was one particularly bad one where he like did it with the spray and everything as well. So I, I don't know if it was like, like you said, if it was bad blood between Aim God and, and Neko or Nico, however the fuck you pronounce that dude's name. Neko. Um, Neko. But I think, I don't know if it was a bad blood thing or whether it was just like, like you said, like a fuck Boston thing because a lot of ex-Boston players, you know, 
have been playing Boston, Shanghai Dragons, and, uh, you know, wrecked them and then probably Thompson. felt pretty good about it, right? So I don't know if it's just kind of like, fuck you for letting me go, or whether it's uh, you took my spot because I'm Zen and you're Zen, or whatever it was. But it just kind of, it felt weird to me. James, what's your take? And, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, Boston's my number two team this season. So this will make the next thing I say pretty interesting. I think it's fine. I think it was totally fine. It gives Boston, uh, like, motivation. Hey, our old person beat us and totally frigging embarrassed us. Let's go get him next time. Let's fix our stuff and we're together. And when Boston's working together, they work really well. I think Fusions is amazing. I'm glad that he's in the league this season, and I can't wait to see him develop even more. And when Boston gets their stuff together, they're going to be great. Um and this is motivation. I think this will be motivation for them because they're like, our old players are destroying us. <laughs> Let's fix this. I think it was perfectly fine. It was a bit extra, but I mean, in Overwatch League, sometimes it's balancing being really good and being a bit extra. So how would you compare the extra seconds spent uh, teabagging and spraying a Boston flag and kicking it to the extra seconds spent riding an elevator to throw a grab over a rooftop? Uh, before fight versus after fight. <laughs> okay, that's, that's he a did fair it after answer. the fight when it was already pushing. They spent all that time before a fight setting up something that they were, didn't know was going to work. Perfect. That's a good answer. I was just wanted to see what you'd say to that. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> really cool if a lot of players do a thing where after they make a big play, they do something. Yeah. They were doing something before, so that's a completely different situation. Fair like case. Muma, when he knocks someone off the map, he gives a wave, and I do that myself in the game. I got it from Muma. Thanks, Muma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have a, it's a different kind of idea. Okay, so before we move on, can we talk about that crazy, nasty headshot Shaz hit through the door? Did you guys see that? I did not see that. Tell me about uh, it. You need to look it up. So I can't remember who it was trying to run away. So the fight had ended, and I think it was the Lucio. It was either Lucio or Zen trying to get away back to Seam so he didn't die. And it was on uh, Hollywood Second Point, and he, it was like, you know where the bridge goes across the top? It was through that doorway on the left, back towards their spawn. And he he'd gone around by the mega and wrapped around the back to back to his team. And Chaz just does a does a alt fire hits. I think three of them were headshots and kills them, and the whole crowd just fucking erupts. Like getting back to to like the the Defran play. Like I got more excited about that play than I did Defran's play because of the it skill it took play. to hit it. Hit it through a hole, no joke, like that big, and it just—he timed it perfectly. And even the like the casters were like, "What the fuck? How did he do that?" Like, <laughs> it was it was cool. like moments like that again, similar to like carpe popping off or anybody doing something nasty. And he's like, "Man, that took a lot of skill." Defran's, I don't think took skill. I think anybody could do could have done what Defran did if they tried hard enough. Carpe popping off in that uh, in that match. Race switch from Zarya to Widow for like the very end. eight seconds and just mm -hmm. decapitated like four people and then depressingly switched back to Zarya after after he murdered everybody, switched back and I was like, oh no, you were so good. Just stay Widow, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, that's actually been one of my favorite moments of the season so far. Uh, okay, so I mean, we're, Owl is, is ticking along. Season two in general has been pretty spicy, don't you think? It's been pretty fun with the new teams. There's no teams that stand out outside of I think NYXL that are really, I guess the Titan or the Vancouver Titans, Titans or the other one. But like, Runaway. Runaway. But I, feel like a lot, but I feel like a lot of them, like, there's actually a graphic out there of who's beat, who's beat who and who should be better than who. And Lots of circles. Somebody just, yeah, yeah. yeah so somebody put it at the bottom right. He just goes, fuck it. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel, which is good because that means anybody, any, any night can win. Like the Shanghai Dragons went from losing, was it 42 or 43 in a row to winning two in a row? 
And then they almost won a third in a row if they didn't C9 it. That was a horrible C9, but, you know. Yeah, it's actually, I was so happy for those guys. Like, that's that's exactly what they needed. And, uh, yeah, and Gamsu has been incredible I, for them. I love the fact that they won two in a row, so Boston get, didn't get as much shit for lose, being the first one to lose. That's right. one of my biggest fears. When uh, Firstly, Boston, their lineup was a mess because they couldn't play Fusions, play fusions. the contracting, and they they had a whole bunch of changes going on. So it wasn't totally your fault, but also Dragons played really well. But as a Boston fan, I was like, I'm really happy for Dragons right now. But one of my teams is about to get freaking dragged on social media. Yeah, they should be able to do with it, deal with it. Um, again, if you can't take the trash talk while you're an owl. Um, I mostly just don't like the community that does that stuff. But again, it's whatever. They're keyboard warriors. They can do what they want. Um but yeah, I was really happy for Dragons. I'm really happy, especially Gaguri. People are going to stop saying, oh, girls can't play Overwatch. And hopefully we'll get more. I would like to see more. I would like to see more in the league. And I think that now they've expanded, and not there's definitely more ones, opportunity. And not token ones. Ones who are good. And there's plenty of them out there, don't get me wrong. But they can't be like, oh, we're hiring this person just because they're a girl. Because yeah. that's kind of counterproductive. Well, they have a lot of... Um... Uh, you know, like a lot of the teams now have like official stream partners. So they mm -hmm. have like Fran, yeah, for example, is working for Atlanta, and Emong, yeah. I think, is doing something uh, as well. Fusion. And Fusion. Yeah. So it's kind of like they have like streamers that just kind of like rep their I particular. I think I saw one team. for another team today. I think That's she, cool. I don't I like know it. which team it was. I don't know which team she was uh, streaming for. I forget. I'm, I'm I said part of Cloud Nine, but yeah. they, don't have, they don't have an Overwatch League team, but she yeah. streams for Cloud Nine. I, there was somebody I don't know who it was, um, but yeah, go on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean, just boiling it down, I think that season two has been pretty successful so far. Um, I know that Blizzard let a lot of people go before season two, and um, people were kind of concerned about there being. I will say there has been a lot of pauses. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I feel like almost every other game there's like a big pause for a while and they uh, some of the people there was actually like a, a guy on reddit i think who, who worked for blizzard and then he uh he posted saying hey ask me whatever you want about like you know leaving blizzard and and having worked directly at, in owl and uh his like the main thing when people said to him like what do you think is going to happen now that everyone's been fired is uh he goes i think you're going to see a lot more technical issues i think you're going to see a lot more pauses a lot more kind of dragging it out and um i know that people haven't been happy with the casters desk uh, the way they handle like halftime and stuff yeah. now uh that's it's kind so of a joke dumb. but um yeah i mean aside from a couple like nitpicky things like that i think they're doing really well with the new expansion teams i, I think they put a lot of life into the league which is good uh yeah i do like the two i can't remember their names the two new casters that came up from contenders i was upset mm. they didn't bring johnny aka reinforce back because i'm a big i'm a big reinforce fan he still but, works for owl yeah, yeah he just does other stuff he's just not, not on same, the desk. same capacity yeah it's but those those two new casters, I because I watch a lot of contenders, and it's always cool to have those familiar voices yeah. come in. I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised ZP hasn't done it. Who is another one does? He's apparently, done, uh, he's, apparently things, that's so. something that looks like it's going to happen at some point. ZP and also uh, Lemon Kiwi, I think they're doing a lot oh, of I stuff can't this stand year. Her. She does stuff with Jane. <laughs> I can't stand her. <laughs> the funny thing about the two new casters is like I'm listening to them like. Is this Monty and Doa? I'm like, it's no. Very they, their voices are very similar, mm -hmm. except uh, they're less douchey than Monty. I think Monty's a bit of a dick, personally. I love, I love Doa. <laughs> I think he's a, a Doa. I, Doa, I'm okay with. Monty, I think, is a bit... 
he's there's, brutally honest, but I think he's a bit too brutally honest. I sometimes. need to send you. I watched a documentary on them too, and kind of their progression and past, and actually what they've done. I'm not going to get into what they've done for esports casters because they're freelancers when they did League of Legends back in the day, and they basically lost their jobs because they stood for getting paid a decent wage being casters. And wow. they were super excited when Overwatch League came about because they're like, cool, I can make money again. But there's a really cool documentary on some esports uh, YouTube channel. I can't remember the name of it is. And I watched it. It's like 30, 30, 35 minutes. And I was like, man, this is – I had no idea. I just saw Monty and Doe and I was like, the history of them. I don't know what they, what they did. See, I've always been a big Semler and Hex fan. And I know I get, I sh- I get oh shit on for it. <laughs> I came Semler. from – Semler's gotten better because he knows the game now at least. I came from okay. Counter-Strike. I came from Counter-Strike. And he was a Counter-Strike yeah. caster. And he was really good at it. I always enjoyed watching Semler. So it was nice for me as someone coming from Counter-Strike to Overwatch to have a familiar, familiar voice. voice. Okay, I yeah. can see that. Here's my problem with Semler. Sometimes he'll say something, and it's really a super bad pun, or it's something really, and there's just dead air. Like, Hex doesn't know what to say to it. That's That's my biggest problem, similar. And he still sometimes, like, Hex makes a lot of, like, errors. Like, once he said that D.Va absorbed a sound barrier, I mean, they all do that. But Hex seems to make more of those errors than normal, so I don't really like them. Like, Sebler does those things that there's just dead air, and, like, everybody's silent, like, uh, he kind of seems like actually that meme photo of like the old guy going greetings fellow youths that's what that's what one of my friends told me the other day that's my the point on, on similar i think I, we can all agree though that uber fine. and mr x are awesome can we agree they're on that yep. they're the best okay. uh they're not i would say they're the best they're they awesome. are the best Della yeah. and monte cristo are my favorite for, casting for uh, uber if shirts if nothing alone deck. for uber shirts Dude, if follow, nothing alone I, I follow i follow uber on uh on Twitch, so he's he's a, he's a good dude. Australian accent constantly making he could make a snail race exciting. Like, yeah. I was upset the Golden Boy wasn't back. I missed that dude. Maybe yeah, he's doing uh, the Titan Games right I now. I like Golden Boy better yeah. than Puckett personally. Yeah. I don't have a problem with Puckett. I liked Golden Boy when he was running the dust. But yeah, there's right. more. Let's focus. move along from professional yeah, Overwatch focus. for now. We'll get into more of that uh, next time around. But let's talk about personal focus. So with personal focus, what I wanted to talk about was who you've been playing most and why, and also how is Season 15 going for you. So uh, let's start with you, James. Who have you been playing most and why? So recently, as I've been working on the Reinhardt video, obviously Reinhardt, and I'm still trying to keep my skills up with him. I'm still learning stuff, which is really good because I'm still writing the guide, and there's more stuff that I'm going to put in there. Um, here's a weird one, though, that you guys wouldn't expect from me because I'm a support and tank player. I've actually been playing Widow. Yeah. <laughs> I've been playing yeah. Widow recently, and it started, there was Petra free-for-all. I'm like, let's try this with Widow. And I was starting to get these crazy headshots. And when I... I bring her into quick play sometimes. It's mostly just a fun thing. Like, I'm never going to be able to bring her into cop. Don't get me wrong. I'm not that good. But I will get these, like, moments where it's just like, wow, I just landed three headshots in a row. <laughs> That's crazy. So I think it's a good mechanical exercise for me. Um, I'm also trying to rekindle my diva a bit. I've been doing Zarya. Uh, Tom has seen my Zarya firsthand. It's, my grabs aren't so great, but my actual base mechanics are pretty good with her. And uh, I'm trying to bring the main tanks back, Winston, Arisa, Reinhardt, and then Diva, Zarya, and then my support skills. I'm pretty okay on support. I'm just sticking with the three that I know the best. Well, four uh, being Brigida, Lucio, Moira, and Mercy. So that's what I've been doing recently. I haven't been touching DPS too much except for um, Widow. 
uh, and then I'm just focusing on tanks, the tanks that I, the tanks that I like, and the supports that I like. And how's season I've... 15 been going so far? <laughs> it's been quite a mixed bag. Um, placements were terrible. They weren't like the worst placements ever. We went I think four it was, and like, six on both. We went it four was and six. Four on both. and yeah. six, and I think the other one was a draw. Oh, we might have like, had a draw. Five, one, four, or something. Yeah. It was something weird, or it was four. It was four one five, I think, actually. So the placements were kind of a mess. Um, but I've gotten a bit of SR since then. So after you get through those placements, the placements are kind of a gong show. It's the beginning of the season. Everyone is kind of like, "Oh, placements are so important," which they're really not. Um, <laughs> it's like you get so to play QP nerves. for ten games before you get to do comp again. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. But I've been getting my SR back on my main account. My main account kind of fell. A lot last season but my second account's like mid diamond which is where i want it to be so it's kind of my main account now uh but it's been going well since then i played a couple matches i lost one 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 my mmr and my main account's better so i'm actually getting more per per win than i am losing per loss so that's a good place to be and it's it's going okay well, the matches aren't like steamrolls either i had one that was really close we actually got matched against a six stack earlier and it went down to the wire we lost, but it went down to the wire. Oh, it's nice. So it was actually pretty good. <laughs> and Keegan, I know you haven't placed yet. Uh, we're no. waiting to maybe uh, do that. We're actually, we're actually potentially going to do it on a live stream. We don't have to decide whether it's always a bad hours. idea with level two to uh, place on stream, but we might do it anyway. We might do it. Uh, who I have you that been, one time. Who have you been playing uh, lately, though? I've been flexing a lot because uh, I tend to play with groups, and it's based on who I'm playing with at the time. Like, if I'm playing with David, a lot of times I'm either playing support or tank. Um, if I'm playing with David and Bertrand, it's either playing I'm probably playing tank or DPS. If I'm playing with you, David and Bertrand, I'm playing tank or DPS. <laughs> if I'm playing with Brian, you, David and Bertrand, I'm playing whatever the hell Brian doesn't pick. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if I go to, like, pick somebody, it's funny because me and James are very similar right now. Like, I play tank is probably the the character I feel like it's going to sound really bad when I say it, but I not that I'm the most comfortable with, but I'm confident enough in my ability amongst the people we play with to know that I can get the job done so we can push forward. That makes sense. Like, I understand how tanks work, and that's no knock on anybody else we play with because a lot of them don't play tank, especially main tank. Uh, David plays a lot of Divas. Divas. David's Divas actually gotten a lot better. But, like, when it comes to, like, playing Arisa or Reinhardt or Winston, like, I feel like of the people I tend to play with, like, I have more faith in me. <laughs> than I do them playing it. And Isn't that just Overwatch in general? Thing. Everyone yeah. always feels like, like you were saying the other day, James, sometimes I wish I could just, this is a true James quote, everyone. Oh, sometimes God, I no. wish I could just clone three of me to play and then I think I'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. Good quote. So, but if, I, if I've been insta like if I've been insta-locking people, uh, obviously when Reaper got his buff, I started playing him a lot just to see kind of how that was. And he's, he's that's a character I never played because David played him a lot gr or growing up. Growing up. Uh, initially when the game came out. <laughs> When David is growing up. Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I never really played, played Reaper a lot. Um, I still like Diva as my comfort food. When shit hits the fan, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going back to Diva. Uh, but I haven't played. Oh, That's, or eating, yeah. Eating Dude, grabs is the most satisfying thing. Eating grabs and eating a, a May uh, Blizzard. Oh, there's there was one match. There was one match in, at the end of season 14. And we were on. Uh, what was it shrine with the pole in the middle on Nepal? We're on dancing. I want to yeah, say so. Shrine. Yeah. Uh, so we were on that, and we were we were losing. Like we were trickling back, trickling back, trickling back, and it was ninety nine, ninety nine. We 
technically had control of the point, but they had the numbers advantage at that point. And uh, May went to go throw in a blizzard, like right at the edge where we'd come, have to come up the stairs. I'm standing in the corner. Like when you go up the stairs, I'm in that corner straight to left. She throws in the blizzard. I eat that. My teammates, I see a Lucio come back and I see a soldier come back. And then the enemy Zarya decides to throw a graviton to eat that. So I eat two alts within the span of like wow. maybe seven seconds. And I go, oh shit, I think we're going to win this. Every <laughs> diva's won. favorite uh, favorite word, denied. Every time yeah. that gets broken out. Uh, yeah, so, awesome. So I've been doing, I've been doing, like I said, a lot of diva, um, a lot of, I, I play a lot of a lot of heroes just in general, but I would say D.Va tanks are my go-to. I still want to – I'm working on getting my Lucio skills back up. I had to play him the other day on a map, and oh boy, it's been a while. It's not like riding a bike. He's changed a little bit since I played him. Mechanically uh, very, very difficult, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Ana I've been trying to get better with because she's the only support that I don't feel comfortable on. I play a lot of Zen just because Discord's so powerful when, you have, when you're fighting all these Bastions. So, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place, I would say. But if I looked at time-wise, it's D.Va, Zarya, and then probably Ryan, and then supports. Cool. Uh, me, personally, I, I did my placements with James, so I'm in the same boat. I'm not a mid-diamond player, unfortunately. I'm, uh, I'm currently... Uh, low to mid plat, uh, working my way up. But... That was four ninety five the end of last season, which <laughs> makes me upset. That's okay. That we'll, we'll get you up, buddy. Don't worry. Like, uh, but I have been playing. So I was commenting on this to I think both of you the other day, where um, I have this weird thing where, like, sometimes when I start playing, like, I have certain characters that I feel comfortable with and that I feel like, like you said, are comfort food. But they suddenly don't feel like comfort food anymore. It's like you try because you know you're comfortable with that character, but you still get crushed and you think like, shit, like, am I playing bad or is this just not viable in this particular match or like, what is you it? Played Mer you played Mercy last I night? I did try playing Mercy. Ago. I was terrible. But <laughs> was um, No offense. So that's <laughs> no, <it's> okay. <laughs> so I, you know, I play a lot of Moira uh, and I was, I was pretty, like, I started off playing some Moira this season. I was like, I'm just going to stick to what I know. I got crushed. I got crushed as Moira, which, which makes me sad. Uh, Reinhardt. I played a lot of Reinhardt last season, started a little bit of that. Again, I held my own, but I still would be losing. And actually there's only one character so far this season that I have felt perfectly comfortable with and felt like I've done a good job every single match and that is Lucio that is actually Lucio I've been playing so much Lucio I now have the um the switching between healing and speed kind of on like just uh autopilot I guess you could say like I just do it without even thinking about it like I know when to switch which was always my biggest problem like I, wall riding was fine like aim is it's pretty easy with Lucio Lucio once you get used to it but it, it was always like the okay when do I need to be doing what and that was kind of the part that always threw me off but now I just kind of have this rhythm with him where like I know exactly when I need to be doing what and it's kind of worked out a lot I've gotten a lot of uh you know cards and plays of the game and uh won a lot of matches like uh he's definitely got my highest win rate right now this season and I feel like he's viable on so many levels and so many comps there's never a bad pick you know uh even if you have like you you have like a lesser healing partner with Lucio like Zen or something um I still feel like I can put out enough healing to counterbalance like the the lesser healing 
pick. So I don't have, feel like I have to be partnered with a Moira or a Mercy or, or an Ana. Um, but I've had so much fun with Lucio this season, so I'm going to keep pushing uh, with him and see how he takes me this season. Uh, I am going to be working on a guide for him as well. We just finished the Moira guide, um, so I feel like I don't necessarily have to play her as much as I have been. And I also feel like she kind of loses momentum at this level anyway, so uh, may as well start transitioning over to someone that's a bit more viable. Uh, but look into inspiration for like with Cruz and Big Goose and uh, Neptuno and and those guys and um, feeling pretty pretty comfortable right now with Lucio. So that's been my uh, my go-to. Uh, cool. All righty. Can I just say one thing? Oh, go on. <laughs> just on the podcast. For the record, you guys don't hear play sessions like when Tom and I play. But I feel so bad for Tom sometimes. He sometimes he'll use and I'll be like, "Why did you do that?" And I just start yelling, like, "Why happen. would you do that?" And then I'm trying to make him a better player, but I feel I like internalize I'm kinda, everything. I feel like I'm I'm doing the thing Keegan does, except I'm actually saying it out loud, where I'm just yeah. kind of like being brutally honest. I'm not like being like, "Okay, just don't do that next time." I'll, I'll say it or something. Like that. I did it to Tom. There's a we played and I said something he was like I'm sorry I didn't mean to be an ass about that <laughs> it's, it was it's I like, can't remember what it was but I was like why Tom why and I tried like, on the, the same thing the person I do it to because I know Tom's <laughs> not gonna like take it serious too seriously but like I never this used is to all be like true. that I just, like, yeah. I just keep it internalized like but with Tom I feel like he'll actually take it constructively although I will admit I am a bit too harsh sometimes hey like, it's, my, all, uh, it's all constructive my, my favorite Tom moment to me, I think I was playing Reinhardt or something, and I charged in, and you go, I can't heal your dumb ass in there. Come back here, <laughs> something like that. And I was like, oh, I screwed up. The, yeah. best, one, the best one from the other night was when uh, I got a Reinhardt in a room, and Tom was like, he was there with me as Lucio, and then he went away, and I'm like, why'd you leave me? And I died. I died to this Reinhardt, even though I had him one tick. I was, like, so frustrated. <laughs> I'm like, why'd you leave me? I can't be all the places all the time okay this guys? Is true. <laughs> I, uh, i'm trying to get your awareness up though yeah, yeah. my awareness my short-term awareness is terrible if you get your awareness up you would be really good well, thank you and I, that's the one thing i've said to you for a while now it's is a I big think your problem awareness is is, my awareness is for shit but also like my like the, james can attest to this knowing I, what heroes we have knowing I, what yeah heroes. i forget yeah. who he is <laughs> i forget who he is like half the time <laughs> no, i have no he idea he was like why you need to come back your critical health i'm like I'm Lucio. <laughs> like, I, I thought you were diva. <laughs> you just get used to yeah. certain people playing certain roles, and you forget. Anyway, uh, I yeah. did that the other night. I did that the other night to David. I was like, "Well, I think it was with you playing." I was like, "What the hell are you do? Oh, it's not you." <laughs> or I'll do it. I'll say it about him, and it was him. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> So, yeah, so that's a thing that happens to me regularly. I get yelled at by both of these gentlemen. Um, but, it's, but it's fine. It's, it's all to become a better player. It's standard. I'm comfortable with it, and you have to be comfortable with it if you want to get good, kids. Uh, so... Moving on from my personal failures to uh, our, our special end of the podcast, which is where we focus and do a deep dive on something about Overwatch that could be a hero, a map, or whatever. And we're going to be doing a swan dive into Miss Hannah Song, otherwise known as Diva. Uh, so... Diva, the reason why I picked Diva to begin with is because she's on the far left of the hero select screen. Yes, it's that simple. <laughs> That's exactly why I chose her. But also, uh, I know um, Mr. Mr. Power here is uh, a big fan of, uh, of Diva. Was a Diva main for a very long time. That's how you first got up to those super high levels. Um, and I know that it's you... Literally just one trick. <laughs> Diva is your comfort food, Keegan. So I figured you would be good with this as a first pick. Can, can I tell you that you told me that Diva was a, like 16 
19-year-old. She's 19. She's legal. I said she was hot the other night. I said, she was, a, I said she was a teenager. Which 19 <laughs> still has the word teen in it, Keegan. Yeah, but 19 to me is not that long ago. That's less than 10 years, Tom. Yeah, you're a baby. I'm 36. <laughs> it's bad for me. I, I'm and I think it was Bertrand that was calling her hot, I, and he's like 40-something. Well, no, he's 36. He's the same age as you. Is he? I forget. He's, he looks yeah. older. Yeah, you forget. It's because he's got the rum, rum zombie face. thing going on. I'm a I'm a B28, and probably when this comes out, yeah. Congrats! So. <laughs> I'm last survived a year. Anyway, anyway Diva. Diva, yeah. So um, so let's talk about Diva a little bit. I'm going to go over some of her kind of Wikipedia entry. Uh, we'll stop on a few points, and then we'll maybe we'll go over some stuff because I know that you've been harboring some stuff you wanted to talk about, James. And uh, we also have some questions for everybody. So uh, Diva is former professional gamer uh, who, by the way, does anyone know what game she played? Starcraft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A Blizzard game. Uh, she's a former professional gamer who now uses her skills to pilot a state-of-the-art mech in defense of her homeland. She's a very competitive individual, Keegan, and coupled with her pro-gamer skills, this makes her an extremely effective mech pilot. Never backing down, Diva always plays to win. While she projects a carefree, irreverent attitude, Diva is burdened by the emotional cost of defending her homeland and the f- uh, facade... Uh, Facade? Facade. Facade. Uh, The South Korean (laughs) media projects on her. In addition to skills as a mech pilot, Diva is also a competent mechanic. Uh, Yeah, so um, I won't go too far into the rest of this guide because, frankly, there's a fucking lot of it. But all we really know um, about Diva is that she is from South Korea. She is a famous esports player, uh, famous enough that people ask for her autograph and shit, uh, which is, you know, a way bigger deal in South Korea than it is over here, I suppose. Uh, But also that she's part of this kind of of crew of people, um, uh, mech pilots. Mecca leads the way. Yes. And Mecca uh, defends uh, South Korea from crazy octopus robots, apparently, according to her <laughs> uh, her video. And um, and, they're, and we're hoping at some point that the rest of the pilots, or at least one or two of them, maybe Overlord. get introduced to, uh, to the game. Um, so that's a little bit about the backstory of D.Va. Um, I won't, and I, again, if you're interested in this stuff, then I'll have a link to the full bio in the uh, the description for it. I don't want to go over all of it because, frankly, there's a whole lot. There is some trivia, though. So we have some fun trivia we can go over for Diva. Um, So her name is a play on the word Diva, meaning a female celebrity. Did you know that, guys? Okay, great. Um, (laughs) So... D- uh, Diva's given name Hana is the same as the Korean number one. This parallels her personality as she is a world champion and self-proclaimed number one. Uh, Diva's jersey number when she was a pro player was also number one. Uh, Diva's suit has sponsors all over it, which is a reference to the same advertising style of sponsors in Korean esports, which is a lot like NASCAR, Keegan. Um <laughs> Why do you keep looking at me when I say your name? You know it. Uh, Divas Mech is named. Do you know Divas Mech had a name? I just learned yeah. this now. Divas ne- Mech is named Toki, yeah. which I means rabbit. rabbit. Yeah. Why do you think she has the bunny symbol? I don't know. Uh, Hannah is a fan of Lucio's mu- music and has apparently bought his album. He, in turn, also knows enough of the pro gaming scene to be a fan of her. Uh, yeah, that's where autograph as a as a voice line. Yeah. Uh, until Arisa was introduced, Diva was the youngest hero in the game. Diva is sometimes teased by others because of her age, such as when Widowmaker mockingly says, This is no place for children. 
Uh, Diva is the fifth playable Overwatch character in Heroes of the Storm. Uh, and yeah, there's some other stuff there as well. So uh, we do know her voice actor is Charlotte Chung, uh, who is uh, her English voice actor anyway. And when she commented positively on the character saying, in terms of representation of Asian American characters in video games, particularly women, they might be over-sexualized. And I don't know if I'm being too candid here. I feel like Diva is more of a real person. She happens to have some sex appeal, but that's not why she's in the game. She's not there to be an exotic lotus, as she put it, uh, which I think She's is still cool. hot. She <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, and we've met Charlotte Chung. We have met mm -hmm. an interview. Well, you interviewed Charlotte Chung. She is very lovely, um, so we will say that. Uh, and then, uh, very quickly, before we dig into the rest of it here, let's go over the weapons. So we've got fusion cannons, which are basically like rapid-fire shotguns. Uh, we have the defense matrix, um, which will eat any projectiles, which we were talking about earlier. We have our boosters, which allow her to zip all over the place, up, down, left, right. Uh, micro missiles, which uh, are just like a flood of missiles that come out of uh, damn near nowhere. Uh, she also can eject from her uh, mech and cause it to explode with self-destruct. Uh, she kind of has, she's one of the only characters, I guess, that has like a secondary ultimate as well, which is to call her mech when she's Pilot Diva. Uh, she has to build that up the same way as a regular ultimate. When she is Pilot Diva, though, aka Baby Diva, she has her light gun too, which is a little pistol, very similar to Mercy's pistol, probably a little more powerful or at least fast. Though. Um, I was gonna say it does more damage. At least I tend to do more damage with it. Right. I, it's more rounds per second. Yeah, so yeah. Say, I think it's just faster. Uh same type of gun. But yeah, so that's Diva. Uh Diva is one of the most popular characters in the game. Always used kind of like almost like a tracer style um symbol of the game, would you say? Like if there's merchandise somewhere for Overwatch, very likely there's Diva merchandise in that in that pile somewhere, right? It's the bunny symbol. The bunny symbol. Super popular. Ducky! <laughs> and uh, with that, I'll pass it over to you, James. What, what are your thoughts on the lovely okay. Miss Diva? Firstly, um, I'd like to point out that it's pro Poco is probably so powerful on Diva because they're called fusion cannons. Sorry. <laughs> thoughts on Diva, though. Um, firstly, this was like my first like character that I just played all the time i would play her literally every match anyone who knows me from back it was pretty much i would play diva or maybe tracer but i'd pretty much be playing diva because i let's be honest in the early days when nobody knew how to play the game mind you i wrecked on her i was getting self-destruct left right and center blah 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 blah, blah. and then uh, i started watching league and started watching poco and i learned how to play her properly but uh She's been pretty much in meta the whole game through, and she's kind of, I think, originally Tracer is what they were basing off um, where everybody else character. should be. Yeah. And now D.Va, I think D.Va is what they said, is what they're basing the entire meta off of. Like, they want D.Va to be in there uh, because she's so versatile, but uh, they're basing everyone off how powerful they are compared to D.Va. And uh, that's kind of, like, she's always been in there, and she still is, and you'd rarely see a match, even in Overwatch League, where is not in there to some extent. Uh, so she's a very important character to learn <laughs> if you're an off-tank. And that being said, I'd like to bring up two points uh, recently that I've noticed um, very important things to do as D.Va. Uh, firstly, and this is something that I learned in the Boston match versus Defiant, is that they commented on how Note, specifically, he finds that small window of opportunity, he waits for it, he sees a low, he sees a low healer, goes after it. That's such a huge thing as D.Va, is you have to know when to chase those kills and when not to, because otherwise you're going to get demect and when you're useless. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
depending on who you are, depending on what level it is. Uh, that's one of the big things is knowing when to chase, when to go after, and when to pull that aggression back. It's a big balance. And by chase, you specifically mean like to boost after someone guns blazing. Boost after, and push, push them away, maybe. push them away from their team and finish them. Gotcha. Like, Chase out. It works for snipers too. Like you see a sniper in a position, you go micro missiles, shoot, fly, um, get in their face, and just finish them. Like almost like a tracer one clip. Yeah, uh, just burn them down. Um, the other thing is now with uh, the extra cooldown on, Ma on Matrix, you firstly have to know when to use Matrix, like how to use it, and also how to save its resources. Like if you know there's some alts coming up, you actually have to kind of be like, I'm going to hide behind the shield. I'm going to be passive, and then I'm going to pull it. And also, like, improving your action times on it. Just make it an automatic response. You hear that alt call out, you just press the button. Just press the button, look at them, turn, press the button, maybe you'll catch it. And you'll get better over time. So it's those two things. Firstly, uh, know when to push in, because you're going to be doing a lot of damage on D.Va. Uh, secondly, know how to use that, that matrix. Know how to use it sparingly. Know how to use it, know when to burn it, know when to save it. And... Uh, just keep those things in mind when you're playing Diva. Those are my big tips right now. Is the is the, you know since they've increased the cooldown for the Matrix to is it two seconds now? Two seconds. Yes. Do, uh, if you hold it down for not a whole burn, it's just like a little like bloop. Is it still two seconds? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's so, so long cooldown. Do you feel like you may as well just burn it if you're going to use it then? No, I've actually no, been doing the exact opposite. I've actually been using it like intermittently more and the only time i'll burn it is if i see like if there's a reaper up i'll kind of back up wait mm -hmm. for him to drop down and then as soon as i hear like just the first d of his die 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 i just burn it same thing with far if i see a far going up i'm going to start looking at her and then as soon as i, I really appreciate the, the acting that's going into this right now. i'm gonna start looking <laughs> but it's a visualization like she's gonna be no, up in the it. air i dig it and you kind of wait for her and then as soon as you see her start doing her thing you just hold that matrix that's like the only times you're going to be wanting to burn it now is when there's a lot of incoming fire the other times you're just going to want to activate it just long enough to catch whatever it is be that a moira or a fire strike a grav uh dragons whatever it is that you're eating and then let the resources build up again. Yeah, because the cool second, the two second cooldown is not the two seconds to recharge. That's just how quickly you can turn it on and off. It takes eight seconds to recharge still, or seven seconds or something, eight or seven, seven or eight. Hmm. So burning it, you're going to be left defenseless and unable to defend your team. More importantly, because it is a team game. <laughs> really? <laughs> you have to say no one ever it a lot that. more now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay. it's not like I yell it all the time. <laughs> it is, it's funny because I feel like a lot of people don't know that uh, that you can use defense matrix on Reaper Alt because it's not a projectile per se, but you can DM it. And like there, we had a fight on Anubis, and I ended up getting demeched because they Reaper Alted and then they Fair Alted and then they Genji Alted, and I was oh, like, geez. well, I'm fucked. Um, literally within like I don't know six seconds because they was making Good the final old push. Apocalypse. But, yeah, you're like I can't do anything. But like James says, like if I if I'm playing against a Reaper, and this is what we were joking with you earlier, but like having awareness, knowing that there's a, knowing there's a Reaper on map, knowing when he last pulled alts, and be like, okay, he hasn't pulled it for the last fight, maybe two fights. He's got alts. Where's he at? When I hear that voice line, I need to be somewhere where the cluster of people are, because that's where he's gonna land, and just DM it. And if you DM it, I'm pretty sure you can DM almost the whole thing. I don't know if you can DM all of it, but you can mitigate 
I would say at least you ninety can, to ninety-five percent of it. You, get people you can usually buy your too. you can usually buy your team enough time to act on either take yeah. him out, or if you have like a Reinhardt, they're going to start backing up with their shield to protect the rest of the team. Ana's maybe going to sleep him. Whatever Breed is going to have a chance to get that Bastion. Or Whoever you have shot. on the team, someone's going to be able to do something if your team's paying attention. Yeah. Yep. So like that. Yeah. I so, saving saving Diva's defense matrix for alts, and it's funny because. I'm the same way, James. Like, I feel like I used to use defense matrix way more because I was like, oh, it's always there. And now I'm like, oh, shit. Now I got to be careful and be more more in tune of what's being shot at me. And it's not – Diva's defense matrix isn't for the, the spam that gets shot at you. It's for the heavy burst of stuff. So, like, I can D-mech a Diva against me because you know what Divas do as soon as you start shooting them? They put the defense matrix up. You know what it's I do? mind games. As soon as that defense matrix goes up and it goes back down, I shoot my rockets because I know she can't put it up for two seconds. So I get more damage on her and then I take her out of mech. So and then you can like defense that. matrix and escape mm-hmm. and just leave her out of mech because mm-hmm. she's not going to do much. Um, there was another thing on Diva and I just remembered it and it was something I forgot about earlier. But it's something that I just remembered. When facing Sombra specifically, because Sombra is such a big thing right now. Um, if you know there's a Sombra, just spin around and look for her. Like, shoot, if you have an idea of where she's coming from, if you just get her, like, if you make her get out of that invisibility, she's going to translocate back and get out of there. She's not going to be able to do anything for the entire time. If you keep wasting her time, firstly, she's not going to get altered. She's not going to be shooting anyone. Secondly, um, she's just not going to be able to do anything in general. (laughs) If you just keep looking for her, because there's so many times where... Like, there will be a diva. they're not looking for... You can't take too much attention off the Sombra, but if you just, like, occasionally think, oh, I think she might be coming that way, just shoot over there, you're either going to find her or you're going to be like, okay, she's cool, she's not there. It's another awareness thing. Like you just... and, you, and you don't have to reload as diva, so you don't have to worry about recharging your ammo. And uh, people I don't also, realize that. People, like, sometimes you be like, oh, look at my weapon accuracy on diva, it's so high. It's it irrelevant. Matter. Yeah, it's irrelevant. Just like shoot it wherever. Check for that sombra. You don't need to reload. Um, it is going to reduce your movement speed a bit. But if you're checking for a sombra, you don't really need to be moving that fast. Anymore. I'm not going to lie. I still try and reload on Diva sometimes. I just forget that I I, I still press. Yeah. <laughs> the only time stupid. you have to reload, Tom, is when you're hopping back in Mech. Oh, I know. I just, <laughs> I just or do you're it. Gone. Um, and yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> Diva, like you said, has always had this kind of really nice staple place in the meta. Uh, I think. I think she's a a really solid character. She's kind of like your first taste of a character that has a little bit more going on with them than say like a soldier or a mercy or someone that's just kind of simple. Like there's definitely a lot more mechanically you have to learn with D.Va in terms of not just like defense matricing and like the, the more high end stuff. But even just the fact that she can fucking fly, you know what I mean? Like knowing how to like get to high ground, take advantage of it, how to use it Doing to the, escape, the swoop, like the swoop, yeah, like all that kind Can't of stuff. Fly it. Canceling yep. it, booping jumping with it, snipers. you know, booping yeah, people off snipers, ledges, that kind of stuff. Uh, that kind of stuff. This is this is all like really important stuff that is. I wouldn't call it like, I wouldn't call it beginner. I'd call some of that advanced, intermediate to advanced uh, techniques. Especially if you watch a really good diva player, you watch like a note or a void or a poco, uh, then yeah, you you really get to see it. Um, have you guys? Have you felt that you've seen less? Let's say three, four, five man bombs in the last like year than when you were first playing overwatch yes well, but yeah, I also, people are more aware of it yeah as i'd say it also depends on what you're playing at like 
we play on high level accounts. When I created my new account, I I played one match as Diva and I wrecked house because they don't know what's going on. But when you get to the point where you've played it and you're matched with people who are similar skill to you, they hear nerf this and they fucking run. <laughs> What the, you other, the one thing I want to point out with that, though, is I also think that's making people be more creative with Diva Bombs. Like, I still get three and four Ks by throwing it. There was one the other day where I was on uh, Hollywood Second Point, and we were defending, and I came back from where the Mega Health Pack is when you come through the gates on the right, and I tossed it up over there, and you could tell they had no idea where it was. The cart was, like, at the end of that r- road turning left, so I tossed it back by the mega health back where I knew people would run to and I got four kills out of it because they were there or tossing it on Dorado instead of tossing it like over the bridge, toss it at a weird angle because people, people don't know where it's coming from. Right. Um, and landing it on stuff. Do you think that, um, like right now the big, like there's been like times where certain combinations, alt combinations I'm referring to, have reigned supreme in Overwatch League. Uh, let's say for a long time, Grab Dragon was the thing to do, right? It was Grab Dragon every match when Hanzo got buffed initially. Nowadays, uh, with the double sniper thing kind of gone to the wayside and with Goats reigning supreme, they have this uh, Diva Grab combo, Grab Bomb combo. I don't know what the official term Diva, for it is. It's Grab, it's grab Bomb Boop is what I've been calling it. Right, yeah. because, because it requires a three-man play to successfully integrate so that's kind of what i want to point out is that like how like even when they have these grab bomb combos a lot of the times when that boop is not done successfully they don't get anyone with it it's a, and i know that half of it is like forcing the reinhardt to choose right it's like do you turn around and stop the bomb and let your team get shot to fuck from the front or do you stay on the front until like the last second and then try and swap around like how do you deal with it and then you know when you bring lucio or whatever into the mix and they just boops you up in the air uh like uh, fusion did on uh i want to say it was numbani at the end of that map uh oh, the, there was one also on it was beautiful yeah was pretty looking yeah but they just like they booped the reinhardt directly up and the bomb managed to go underneath the shield and then just kill everyone it was like a 4k or something i mean they are sick when you get them but do you think it's kind of like i don't know i don't want to say like less impressive but like there's so many of them that just don't lead to anything does that bother you here's the thing though uh and this is what i forget who said it i don't know if it was poco it was somebody or maybe it was reinforced. I don't know. It was somebody who said that the combo is less about the Diva's mechanical skill and it's more about everybody else's in the play. Because Diva's just throwing it pretty much straight up above the team. That's all she has to do. Um, it's more about does the Lucio get the boop? Does the Grav get everybody in? Um, sometimes the Reinhardt will actually charge the other Reinhardt out of the way. I think I've seen that one or two times. That's a good one. It's yeah. more about the follow-up. Is The bomb isn't so much about the Diva right now. It's more about everybody else, at least in Overwatch League. Um, so yeah, it's less about the D.Va right now. It is a bit less impressive because literally the D.Va just has to throw it up in the air and hope that everybody else follows up. But I think it's more impressive, this is kind of taking away from D.Va, it's more impressive with the Lucios actually being the playmaker, yeah. which I think is pretty interesting. So it's this weird balance. Like, it's not D.Va doing all the work, but I mean, it's a Lucio. And you have to communicate and get it all coordinated. Yeah. Which, so it takes a lot more coordination. This is why to kind of digress and go back to the league right now. A lot of people are complaining about goats right now, but I feel like it requires so much more coordination and planning than as dive team. did as a team. As a yeah. team, whereas 
dive, it also had this good part where it was like people could just go mechanically nuts and run. And I wonder if there would ever be a point where you could see both at the same time, but that's not how this game works, honestly. But it's uh, a lot more teamwork right now to set up bombs, um, especially at the high levels, even at my level. Like, usually I have to get somebody, there's a plan. I will actually lay out my plan. Like, I need this this to go down. I need the shield to go down. I need this character either dead or their cooldowns to be. Like, I will actually state that plan sometimes, <laughs> as you guys have sometimes heard. Like, I'll wait for the MB or I'll be like, this Reinhardt needs to get a shield down or needs to be pushed out of position. So it's still coordination. Like, it's a lot of coordination with the bomb now. It's not just throw it in and hope for the best. <laughs> I, also, I also think it even levels that don't use goats primarily like the lower level like where i'm at goats is never a thing and when you run goats you feel like a fucking god we've done that a couple times actually <laughs> and you're like oh god this is what it's like um but i think people have also gotten better at knowing what counters diva bombs like i've seen more winston bubbles go on top of a diva bomb than i think i ever had in, in a long time i always mess that up and get myself killed yeah <laughs> but i <laughs> saved the team i yeah. saved the team yeah but I've seen that happen more often. Obviously, Ryans are pretty smart at turning their shields, that kind of thing. But I, I think at the higher level, yeah, it's like James said, the Lucio is, the, I think, the key factor. If he if he fucks up, doesn't matter unless Ryan has a shatter. shatter and it doesn't actually back, have to be the Lucio to... either. I mean, you, Reinhardt can charge. Like you said, Brigida can bash the Ryan shield yeah. down for, at the right there's second. There's somebody. There's a, there's a lot of, like, opportunities for that play to, to go right and to go wrong. And it's just kind of like, it is interesting to see the intricacy of having the, the three-man play rather than the two-man play of the Grab Dragon. Um, I, I definitely prefer it to Grab Dragon, but it'll also, it, it isn't quite as spectacular of a wipe every time than Grab Dragon was. And we're still kind of playing the wait out transcendence game as well with a lot of it although you know if it's done right transcendence shouldn't be able to save those players from that so it's it, it is a lot of fun i will say when you do get a big diva bomb yeah like when you see that three four five six k go off you're like man and a lot of times it's the ones you don't expect like the ones you set up it's, you go fucking haywater it's the ones like i'm just gonna shoot this over the roof and see what happens and oh shit i just killed four people because they're all standing is, there waiting which is funny because I just said about the whole, you can't just throw it in. Sometimes, sometimes you actually can. It's a lie. Sometimes you actually can, but it's usually because the team's not having that awareness. There's, there's a you match. You kind of know when there's a team that's not going to pay attention to it. There's a ma match I had on Dorado, and I go to Bert, Bertrand and David. I go, hey, watch this. And I just threw the diva bombing because I'm like, they're over there somewhere. They're about, it's been about 15 seconds. They're coming back from spawn. And sure shit, it landed and it goes boom and it, it cut 4K. And, I, and David goes, oh shit. I was like, yeah, I didn't actually expect that to work. <laughs> It's All right. So for um, for Diva mains out there, or for people that are considering picking up Diva, trying to learn something a bit more mechanical than uh, some of the uh, like Arissa or whatever, um, who would you recommend that those people watch uh, if they have the Owl, Owl, uh, Owl Access Pass, or if they just want to watch a streamer? Uh, who are, who are, give me? A couple names, if you have them, or just one that you think is a good player to pay attention to to learn D.Va. Let's go James first, because he has his fingers ready to count. <laughs> Poco, Note, Envy. Um, I haven't really watched Void, but Void's supposed to be very good as well. And uh, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Envy has been actually really good on the Defiant. Um, he's looking much better than he did on Valiant. I will say that much. I've been watching Toronto be his Canadian team, even though they're all Koreans. Uh, but they're still <laughs> representing Canada, so I'm still going to cheer for them. It's like and they're, they're Koreans that I like. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Envy's been actually really impressive this season. Um, also, Rhea. Rhea of the Spark has been doing pretty good on D.Va as well, so I'd watch him. 
Uh, Keegan? I would say Emong. That's who I've watched. Um, the the only difference between the, the reason I would choose, tell you to watch Emong versus an owl player is because Emong is in the competitive environment, which is very different than the team environment. Um, but do you watch owl players? Do you watch like I second everybody, James said Poco, Note, Rhea, um, and just kind of watch all them and just see like positioning because you get a lot of positioning stuff from them. But from like a how do how do you save your team in a shit show that is the <laughs> overwatch ranked at times. Yeah. yeah. Watch Emon Cause he's really good at, I learned kind of with him how to like James was saying earlier, when to engage, when to dis disengage and get out and be like, okay, I need to get back or when to peel for your, your healers. He plays a lot with, you were talking Fran. Uh, she, he plays with her a lot and she plays a lot of healers. So like he will come back and peel for her. And I was like, Oh, Okay. And you're just hoping your healers where they need to be when you come back and peel and stuff like that. So, but I would say Emong is the big one that I've I would recommend and I've watched to learn when it comes to just playing ladder. I'll second all of those. I will say Void actually, uh, like you mentioned, James has impressed me. I think the most out of any new divas. I've always been a fan of Poco and Note and those guys, but Void. Uh, I've been watching a lot of him uh, playing and very impressive diva, very very impressive diva. So I would say um, if you have the all access pass and you you want to tune into a specific player's view and you happen to be watching, um, is it is it Gladiators? It's Gladiators, right? I think gladiators, yeah. on gladiators. Yeah. Uh, then then watch Void uh, because he is a, a stunningly good diva. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect for that guy. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good selection. So let's get to the last part where we talk about uh, a few favorites with the diva. Uh, so first of all, and I want you to do it in her voice. Favorite voice line. Let's go, uh, James first. Crap. Um, how do I do it? Ooh, Jaina! <laughs> Sorry, but you have to do it with the repetitive. So, ooh, ooh, ooh! <laughs> just because that annoys the fuck out of people when you get a kill, they just are like, stop. Also, the Happy New Year one, where it's, I can't pronounce it because I don't know the words, but the where she just says a, a bunch of stuff in Korean and it's really cute. It's something Mickey spammed last year at some point in the league and it was annoying everybody, but I thought it was hilarious. That one's also a pretty good one. And then third would be when you kill someone and she just says, get owned. <laughs> All right, Keegan, what you got? Uh, probably. I got a feeling you're not taking me seriously. <laughs> Nailed it. That was like Mickey Mouse. Doing Sounded it. It was like amazing. <laughs> I, I got a feeling you're not taking me seriously. <laughs> uh, but no, I get it. Like I use it all the time. Cause like, a lot of times when I'm playing Overwatch, and this is bad, but I play quick play. I'm in my with my group of friends. We're three, four stacking, whatever it is. We're not talking to the other team in quick play. For competitive, I'm using voice. I try to be a voice chat, but not all the time. And the only way I can communicate is through that. So when I'm pissed off, I'll just turn to the person, or like if they if they say something to me, and you can tell there's one there's a person the other day that wanted me to. I was playing Zen as healer, and they clearly wanted a different healer, so I switched to Diva. And I said, I get a feeling you're not taking me seriously and switch back to Zed. <laughs> <laughs> Just be like, fuck you. Uh, that one's fun. I also like, uh, uh, what's the uh, All You Shouldn't Have from Winter Wonderland? Uh, you shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I also do AFK when somebody loads in and just is standing in spawn. <laughs> AFK. <laughs> Uh, my favorite would be the, huh? Gigi. 
<laughs> that's like my because I have the GG spray too. So whenever we're like either getting owned or owning, I will usually uh, bring that one out. The GG line. That's one of my favorites. Um, and also everyone's favorite after you've just wrecked the entire team. Is this easy mode? Is uh, another one of my favorites too. So uh, that's it for voice lines. Let's talk about skins. James, what you rocking? What's your favorite skin? I've actually been using recently a lot, and I'm I'm a big fan of the league skins. So I'm going to go with the league skin. But Toronto Defiant Home, like I've been loving that skin. I've been using a lot of the Boston Uprising one, but the Toronto Defiant Home, like she just looks like a freaking Sith Lord in a mech. Like it's it's amazing. I just love it so much. Uh, so yeah, Toronto Defiant. Uh, I run with league skins 99% of the time. Uh, so I'm. I have the fusion skin on her 99% of the time. But if I'm, if I'm doing one of her, like non league skins, Junker is my favorite. The Junker yeah, that's one. my favorite. That's my favorite non league yeah. skin for her actually. Yeah. But I'm always, I'm always in a fusion cause me and David and well, like, Bertrand's working his way there and you all have the fusion skins. James has the fusion skin. So I feel like it's badass when we all fusion up. David was pissed though. Cause he was wearing the away and I was wearing the home. We didn't match. <laughs> I was like, well, clearly we're on different teams then. That's, that's a funny point. Just a side note here is sometimes when I'm playing like a comp match or just like if I'm playing a comp match and I see other people with a certain team's skin and I have that skin, on the second round I'll switch it <laughs> just so that people are like, oh, hey, and it makes people happy and it actually makes people – like if you make people happy, they tend to play better, I find. But uh, And they'll support you more. If you are if you are a support, if you're a tank and that support is the same skin as you, they're more likely to heal you. It's some weird <laughs> science. It's just – psychology i guess but yeah i'll actually do that i'll switch skins to make people happy because i have like almost all the diva ones i uh i'm a fan of the black cat i gotta say i do i know it's kind of cliched i know but i just like it i think it looks cute uh but also is it what cola is it is it nuka cola what's the no nuka cola it's nano cola is that it yeah, Nuka Cola's Fallout, Tom. All right, I forget the cola. Either way, that one that from the special event because she had that like two week event where you had a certain amount of time. Same as the the recent one for, with uh, Bastet for Anna. Um, they had that like couple week thing where you had to like watch streamers to get sprays. And you could play the game to earn special um, you know sprays and skins and whatnot. And uh, I really like that one actually. The the green looks really good. I think with the pink and it's mixed real nice. Um, that's that's the one I usually rock and roll with. Um, her her wave her wave racing one is also cool looking. That's pretty cool that's pretty I cool i don't too. have it which is why i didn't say it but it's one i want <laughs> you can say it if you don't have it that's fine i'll allow it yeah i think it's the only one i don't have for her that's an event skin uh and then two more things number one where is diva's current place in the meta eat zari's graviton surges deny deny alt charge by eating stuff look okay. for sombras and uh yeah deny the deny the grabs deny the dragons if there are any not in the Overwatch League, but so just she's still a valid of part of uh, Ghosts, yes. is what we're saying, right? She's yes. she's yeah. still important. You can't, I, but, have you can't have Ghosts without Diva. But there's a lot of teams that have started to run Sombra in place of Diva. Do you do you think that's a viable strategy, or do you think you'd be better it's off sticking with Diva? It's actually an interesting because it's usually it's usually the Diva player actually playing the Sombra, and that's because Diva players are annoyed as heck by Sombra, so they know exactly what to do as a Sombra. That's the interesting part. And even I did it. I did it in a match the other day where I had to play DPS. I'm like, I'm going to play Sombra because I know who to annoy. And uh, it's it's this weird thing. Like, it's this weird thing where it's like, that thing annoys the heck out of me. I'm going to play it. 
It's that sort of deal. So it actually does. That's how I started off by playing well. It's always it's been especially um, useful for NYXL. Mecco has been really good on the Sombra. He's scary good. Yeah, he's scary were you, good. Were you there that night, Tom, with Brian when he made he was pissed and I decided to play May and got play of the game? I was. <laughs> I was. Cool. Yeah. That's how I started playing May as well. Was May is just legit, piss, dude. I don't care what anyone says. I want to see more May in, in Overwatch League. I actually kind of want to start playing her. She's um, amazing. She's amazing. Uh, no, I, I didn't mean it like that. All right, whatever. So, so yeah, I bring that up because I think Sombra is actually probably currently the single best counter to Goats there is. Because for that split second, when she EMPs and all of the shields and powers go away, they're, they're most vulnerable. And if you have decent teammates, then you can wipe them in one go. So I think she's actually in a really interesting place in the meta right now where people are having to choose between Sombra or D.Va. And it's kind of like... I think for some teams, Sombra is working better. But for others, D.Va and the D.Va Graph Bomb combo, like it's it's so profound right now and for the right most of the league that it just seems to be the go-to. But I think that she's she's pretty much meta-proof. I think you can find a way to fit D.Va into any meta, any any comp. I don't think there's a single comp where you're like, nah, D.Va doesn't fit here. Because she's always going to be useful to some extent. Uh, quad DPS. Even then. I would run D.Va as a solo tank over Reinhardt any day of the week with quad DPS. Because you're not getting enough heals to stay alive as Reinhardt. The DPS don't give a shit about your shield. Hammond. Hammond. What, you'd play Hammond See, instead? Hammond now might actually... Yeah, quad DPS with Hammond. Now maybe. But before the, the we'll, thing, we'll he would just get see, wrecked. We'll have to see because it's a PTR update, so we don't have it on console yet. But uh, we'll have to see that. But and... yeah, D.Va's still in that interesting place. Um, and... As as I said before, she can still, if she's looking for that Sombra and constantly disrupting her, she can still get the better of Sombra. So it's actually this interesting thing where it depends on who wins out in that fight. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, lastly, if you had the ability, if you were Papa Jeff from above, praise be Papa Jeff, and you could make any tweak to D.Va that you wanted to, to any of her abilities, what would you do to make her better but not unbalance her. Make her trash talk the enemy team more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but in a friendly just, way. Just like, no. that's her passive? Just yeah, jokes aside, consistently though, talking shit. Think, <laughs> jokes aside, though, I think she's just in a really good place right now. And she's, again, she's that mainstay. She just, like, they make little tweaks here and there, and I'm usually pretty happy with them. I think she's in a decent place. I don't think really much needs to be changed at all. Okay. I agree. Uh, if I were to make a change, if I had to make a change, I probably would say give her a little bit more defense matrix just because it's on cooldown. But like James said earlier, like you don't really burn through it that often. But the situation I had the other night where I had a Reaper alt and a Pharah alt, like I'm cool getting demeked in that situation. But I, I feel like I was helpless in the, in the sense that I couldn't defend my team at that point. I was like, well, but that's a rare situation. I think, again, like James said, she's in a good spot. But I would I would love selfishly to have more defense matrix to be able to those last minute pushes where they have all six alts and just say go and be like, well, fuck. <laughs> I think I would like to see a little bit of a boost to, and I can't decide whether I want it to be her cannons or whether I want it to be her micro missiles, but a little bit of a boost in damage to some of this. Because the micro missiles, I think, 
they're good, but realistically, they're so hard to hit all of them that it's rare that you're going to actually do much damage to anything except a tank, just because it's really easy to hit a tank. Have you like, have you ever ever dove onto a sniper and shot those things? I have, yeah, but you know, they, 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 yeah, they you have to unleash so, everything at once on them, and then they just get burnt. It's they, more uh, of a, it's not so much a thing to be used on its own. It's more of a supplementary like extra damage thing gotcha. and also to make people back off like if there's a sniper kind of hooking out you just kind of fire some micro missiles at them they're gonna have to hide <laughs> it's it's an interesting ability and i think again it's in a good spot we're here to devalidate your argument oh yeah I <laughs> again uh, if he and i are on the same side on anything lord I, help anybody else. i will i will say something something that just come to mind is i would love to have her knockback with their thrusters be a little bit more at times because i feel like there's moments where i hit somebody and i feel like they should go further I but they don't but i don't know if this pat kind of did it fix that because it's making all boops more consistent okay because there's there's times where i feel like i hit somebody and they're like on the edge and like i don't expect to be lucio style where it's fucking flying but at the same time if i hit you with a fucking jet pack on you should go back a little bit true so uh i was gonna say like i feel like you, I mean, you you're forced you're to be close with Diva, right? Because you're like, well, not all the time, but like I feel like well, she's almost shot, like her guns are shotguns, right? So, so yeah, you're like Reaper in the fact that you do have to be in their face and stuff like that. And I feel like sometimes I like. I, I like to play a lot of long-range characters, so selfishly, that's why I would like a little bit of a boost to the micro-missiles, because I don't necessarily want to get in people's faces that much. Um, I want to have some form of long-range ability with her that I can use, just like, even with, like, Reinhardt, right? Reinhardt, you have to swing a hammer, that's all you got, except for Fire Strike. Fire Strike, you can, like, you can zip that up to a ferret if you really feel like it. Sure, you're gonna get, you know, have to get super lucky to hit her, but at least it, like, is some kind of an ability that does have the like the option of doing major damage to someone in the back line or a sniper or something like that. And I just feel like Diva doesn't really have anything that's reliable at distance. And I think that if the micro missiles, maybe if the damage was more focused, like like Bastion's recent thing, where it's more like less splash and more like direct, um, or like Farah, for example, um, or if they were like just a tick or two higher damage rate, then I think it, I would like that a lot. And that wouldn't, I don't think that would necessarily unbalance her unfairly. So. That's the only thing I could think of. Alrighty. Cool. Cool. Well, guys, <laughs> uh, that was that was fun. Um, long but fun. Uh, I I really appreciate you both for joining me for the first episode here. I think it's uh, I think it went pretty good, right? So far. Great. Mm -hmm. So for those of you listening at home, this was the first episode of Hero Recall, which is our Overwatch podcast. We're going to try and put one out every two weeks if we can. They will be long, but they'll be every two weeks. So you'll have two weeks to digest them. Uh, and they're going to be focused on the game, the pro play, and heroes, maps, specific strategies, personal, all that fun stuff. Is there anything you guys want to say before we go? All your arguments are invalid, and I'm always right. Okay. James? Um, <laughs> Keegan is right sometimes as long as he agrees with my opinion. I'm cool with that because we agreed way more in this in this podcast than like we have in a long time. Oh, man. <laughs> Lord help me for future episodes, folks. All right. Well, with that being said, this has been Hero Recall because the world could always use more heroes like you. See you next time. Bye-bye.